Christmas biggest, biggest pull I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I say, we came to see the big boys. The Nards plow of the show. See, he started deconstructing Manland with that. Is is woman gonna pick Gene up by the boner over her shoulder? I mean, Hulk Hogan, you can go to hell. Upward swinging double axe hammer right to the private party. What does he got that I don't? Testament of things like, hey, you guys want to sell tonight? Nope. All right, us either. Let's go on. It is the most like absurd style and profile you've ever heard. <laughs> Duke Bags. Kevin Rogue. And today we are covering the Bash at the Beach 1996. The attempt of the hostile takeover. This is the big one. This is the big one, man. The hostile takeover. Hostile, hostile. I like hostile. Because you can hostile and profile. Right. Not bad. This took place on July 7th, 1996, live from the Ocean Center in Daytona Beach, Florida. You ever been so, to Daytona Beach? I have not. Right. I have been to an indoor arena, though. I was under the assumption this would be on the beach. Well, that was like the first couple of them they did, like, on the beach. They should have kept it on the beach, I think. I think the one, I think 95 wasn't on the beach, but I think the two prior to that were both on the beach. They do got a nice... It you got a nice beach set, though. I, I really much, uh, very much, really much. Either way, I like the beach set. It's it's a quality set for sure. And Dusty dressed up real nice for this one too. Yeah, you know they uh, they're they're very mis mismatched brigade in the <laughs> in the booth. Uh, Tony's got some tuxedo. Uh, He's got one hell of a cummerbund. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just happy he wasn't wearing his champ sports t-shirt and his jeans again. (laughs) Well, tagline for this one is, uh, this is no day at the beach. Catch the big one. (laughs) That's horrible. It's the hostile takeover. Just let it be the hostile takeover. Man, who's ever in charge of these taglines and these, you know, promo videos? Mm -hmm. Fucking amateur. I I bet it was Kevin Sullivan. I He's your guy. He's your guy. Okay, he can be my guy. Damn so there's been a bit of a bit of a disturbance uh, lately as the outsiders, Holland Nash, have showed up. They've been causing chaos on Monday Nitro. 
and they we got a third man mysterious to be revealed and they're going to take on luger the stinger and savage in the main event pretty much got all the big knockers right there lots of star star power in this one lots of star power power throughout wcw right now and eric bischoff is missing apparently after getting power bombed off the uh off the stage at last month's pay-per-view he just went missing so you think he's got medical situation well tony wants wants to let eric know if he's watching to please give a, give him a call oh <laughs> gotcha yeah okay. yeah see yeah. one of the things i thought about when they're like nobody knows where eric bischoff was in my like the first thing the first thought that i had because it's it's probably been three four years since i've watched this event the first thing i thought was boy you think he's trying to maybe he's at the gym lifting maybe he wants to be a steiner (laughs) (laughs) that was your first thought that was my very first thought like he's missing boy but he's at the gym trying trying to become a steiner (laughs) i don't know if that would work though rick and eric last last time you're talking about uh having scotty norton join the steiners so that wouldn't be bad. Two Scots, a Rick and a Oh, Eric. yeah, that's right. Two Scots won't work. Pretty big family there. Yeah. I still think I think Pitbull Pittman had a chance, but. He's probably the most likely candidate so far. And you said you hated that idea, so here we are. Here we are. Speaking of the Steiners, they are part of the pre-show. There's five pre-show matches here. Uh, the tag title match. Uh, at the time, the the Steiners, I believe, are the tag team champions. They defeat Harlem Heat by disqualification. Okay. Uh, tells you how stacked this card is with the tag title match on the on the damn pre-show. Would have liked to see that one. Yes. You know, we got Jim Powers defeating Humorous. Jumping Jimmy and Hugh Morris, huh? Yeah. Not bad. We got hard work, Bob. Hard work, Bobby Walker. Defeat Billy Kidman. Boy, hard work Bobby Walker. He got himself in some legal trouble. I think he was like a trafficker or something like that. Real bad situation. Oh. Explains why you don't hear too much about him. Nah. He's hard at work. Good thing he didn't join the Steiners. Yeah, they wouldn't let him in. And we got Rock and Roll Express uh, defeated Fire and Ice. Whoa. Now that's a, that's one that I would like to see. Ricky Morton slapped Scotty Flash Steiner with the backslide. Okay. Victory in that one in about two minutes. Oh, shit. Oh, that's okay. Never mind. That's disappointing. I thought it would be, man, the R&R Express. This is the old F&I. This, uh, the F&I. Fire and Ice? Oh, the Fire and Ice, yeah. This, this pre-show, they gave all these matches, like, combined total of all these matches about 10 minutes. <laughs> That sucks because it sounds like this pre-show is like a really good episode of early Nitro or the greatest episode of Worldwide of all time. I'll get this on the main event of the pre-show. Eddie Guerrero defeated Lord Steven Regal. Oh, pff, Jesus. There's a couple of things that I would have gladly substituted that match for on the main yeah. card. Yeah. So those five matches took uh, 
took about as much time as the first match, which is a fantastic contest between Mysterio and Psychosis. Is this we saw we saw Ray at the at the last show, right? Yeah, Ray had his his debut at the last show. So we get Tanay out in the booth right away. Yeah, I think that's smart too. Get him out there, and that way you can get him uh, out of there and get get him on with his life. So we got high spots galore in this one. Um, Dusty makes a comment early on about how you know Ray's going to change change the business, and you know nobody was really doing this kind of this kind of stuff. And we got uh, we got your guy Conan to thank for for a large part of that getting getting these guys into WSW. I guess he was kind of a facilitator ah, getting, gotcha. uh, getting the guys from down south into the WCW. But uh, do what, what do you like is... of this match? This is this is one of the outside of the uh, Owen and Brett match at WrestleMania that we covered. This is the best opening match that I can recall. I think you're probably right. I mean, Tatanka and Sean was pretty spectacular. That was WrestleMania nine. Yeah, but it's, it's I, not I, quite I, on the not quite on the level as this one. You don't think so? I mean, Tatanka and Sean, too. They probably got Tatanka in the Hall of Fame by now, right? Can say two Hall of Fame. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Let him in. So, this is a this is a phenomenal cruiserweight match. I mean, spot after spot. I mean, there's a couple times where I thought Psychosis might have actually died. I thought we had a death. He had a suicide, like a suicide dive that it looked like he just head butted the guard row. It was gnarly looking. But as far as as matches go, like this is an outstanding cruiserweight match and probably the best, probably the best opener that we've covered thus far. I can't think of anything else that like just instantly jumps out at me as being fantastic or as fantastic as this match was. Did you love Psychosis? He is reckless, man. Yeah, um, he, he didn't really he didn't get a second life in the Federation. Really, I think he might kind of be a forgotten gem, and you know, as far as these guys go. But he's 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 reckless. He's fantastic. Uh, yeah, because his his second run was with what Mex Mexicools. I think he lost his mask, which was yeah. If you're psychosis, you don't lose your mask. Right, that mask is fantastic. I don't know. I I was a big psychosis guy, huge psychosis guy. He had some but... just outrageous, you know. He's got I a think great, it... great top rope leg drop, man. Beautiful leg drop. Yeah. He does a uh, does like a senton over the top, right on the floor. Everything. He does everything. Does it all. When the the one the one spot that I was like, oh, that's just fed. It, it's probably one of my favorite spots of the entire night is when they're on the apron and Ray like runs at uh, their psychosis runs at Ray, and Ray just lifts him with his legs and he hits that big damn pole that's trapped to the uh, the ring post. That was oh, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, because well, I, I did I didn't see it coming. That was the best part of it. I was like, what the? And what is he thinking in his mind? What is he doing? Like Ray is laying on his back and he's just going to run full speed on the apron. Like what, what move was psychosis setting up? He was setting up his own demise is what was happening. It was, it was, it was outstanding. <laughs> yeah. They, they mentioned that Scotty Steiner was one of, one of Ray's idols, which is kind of an interesting take. I mean, he's doing 
the Hurricane Rana's. They kind of switch back and forth. Frankenstein or Hurricane Rana, same deal. Right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they mentioned both these guys wrestled last night as well. You would you would think that that the average career length of a luchador would be pretty short. But it's not though. Usually they go for a long time. They they must be in just outstanding shape to be able to fly around and take these. Yeah, I think Mil Mascaris and Pero Aguayo are still out there. <laughs> Jose Lothario. <laughs> I think so too. I think Jose passed, but I'm pretty sure Mill's still out there doing it. Mill does whatever he wants. So I mean, yeah, we had Springboard Frankensteiners. So many close close calls. Twisting moon salts, tope suicitas, everything, man. And when I went down to Mexico, yeah, I think my biggest regret was not picking up a lucha mask. I have right now. I'm staring at five that I got, and I know I got three more that are I've yet to uh, put on display. I get I get some every time I'm down there. They're they're fantastic. What do you? Psychosis has a has a pretty wild, uh, pretty wild mask with the horns. Yeah. yeah, I like it. I like it more than Ray's mask. I think it's one of my it's one of my favorite luchador masks. Kind of similar to Juice and Leggers. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. So, man, I, I took my took my notes the old fashioned way. Good job. Yeah, it's like trying to decipher the whatever that thing is. The Da Vinci Code. Yeah, that's it. The Da Vinci Code. So I think Ray gets the Ray gets the win. I believe I believe Psychosis is going for a splash mountain, which I think is a that's just a power bomb off the top, right? Nah, splash mountain's kind of like a razor's edge lift into a Sidel power bomb. Listen and to he me, had him just a power bomb off the top. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's all it is. Yeah, you're no you're you're no fucking Tanae, I'll tell you that. So. <laughs> Yeah, Psychosis sets him up, and he goes for that. Uh, I think it was actually a top rope splash mountain. And when he goes to throw him for the uh, the power bomb portion of it, Ray hooks him in a hurricane rana. That's the end of it. Very cool closing sequence. Yeah, that was four Frankensteiners for Ray in that one. It was four. Four. That's pretty. That's pretty damn good. So yeah, fantastic match. Uh, gets engaged right away. I'm going to give this all the stars I got. How many is that? Uh, I think I'm sitting on about 50 right now. You got 50 stars, give or yeah. take. Okay. I'll give it all 50. <laughs> all Great right. Match. Man, that's, that's pretty strong. Except we get Cohen and he's getting interviewed in the back and he explains what he just saw. <laughs> Which is so dumb. Why? Why? Tanae explained it. <laughs> Shivani explained it. And they kick it to Gene, and it's like Gene's the old man that's not very sharp of mind. Why don't you explain to me what we just saw? <laughs> For what? For what? The third fucking time? Stop it. Let go. Like, Conan's like, well, here's what we did. And he explains it perfectly. Mm-hmm. But what's the point? And Conan talks about not being around to not being around long enough to assemble an entourage. He- Tells Gene, you know, if, if Mago wants to get involved, he's going to chop block him. If the ladies are going to get involved, he's going to clothesline him. 
He calls out woman. He's in a clothesline woman. That's yeah. unacceptable. You can't he, do that. He doesn't care. Well, here's the thing. It's 1996. It's not 1946. You can't just clothesline women. Maybe things are different in Mexico. Good point. Next up, we got John Tenta and Big Bubber. <laughs> in a coins in a sock match. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't get him an actual like coin purse. It looks like a used it's a sock. Yeah. It's a sock. They put coins in a sock and they hang it from a pole and they call it what was it? A Carson City silver dollar match. <laughs> Way to dress it up. <laughs> it is not. It's we, a fucking coins in a sock match. And I'm gotta, hoping that nobody used that sock for anything nefarious before the show. It's not even as we'll find out later, it's not even full of coins. You know, yeah, if these are silver dollars, you know, maybe there's yeah. like 20 bucks in there. Okay. But, and we should mention also that this pole, this is the highest on a pole match I've ever seen. <laughs> it's a pretty big on a pole match. And it's if you're familiar with the, 18 uh, feet up there, <laughs> if you're familiar with the contestants, I don't think either one of them is climbing the highest on a pole that we've seen. Do you think the the booking committee just, they must have just done this for fun? I don't know if there's a committee or if it's just all your main man, Kevin Sullivan's ideas, but this is, this is absolutely, this is absolutely silly. It's hilarious. And it starts. It's a hilarious concept. It's, it's fantastic. You take two of these giant men, they're like, yeah, we'll make them climb the pole and get the sock full, full of quarters. Uh, But the like start to finish is a very silly match. I think it's a it's a pretty enjoyable match, but it's pretty damn silly too because you have you have Bubba coming down and he's wearing a fucking motorcycle helmet, <laughs> right? I've been around guys that I've been around motorcycle guys when they stop the first thing they almost always do is take off their motorcycle helmet, take off the he's wearing a motorcycle helmet to the ring and then here comes John Tenta, who has now shaved his face. He's got a mustache, but he's still sh- he's shaving half of his head still. At this point, he is shaving half of his head. Would you get a fucking haircut? He's it, adopted that still it as me. a. That's his hairstyle. Well, he's never going to be a Steiner looking like that. I'll tell you that much. You don't think he'd be a good addition? I think it'd be a great addition, but not like that. Yeah, he's going to have to just. Just get a fucking haircut. Yeah. No, get get them ring and have fun in your coins in a sock match. So the brain says when Tento was born, he was 187 pounds. That's a pretty big baby. <laughs> so both guys go for the pole early on, but there's no way that either of these guys are getting up there. I don't know what their I don't know what their plan was. Yeah. But I don't think it's physically possible for either of these, you know, three, four hundred pound guys to shimmy up this. I mean, they do have it enforced with a couple of straps. They do, yeah. Right, so maybe I'm not giving the poll as much credit as it's due. I think you're giving those straps way too much credit. You think one of those sons of bitches starts climbing up that pole, it's not going to snap and break. And then they're going to have you know Carson City silver dollars to go fuck yourself all over the arena. That's not going to work, man. I'd be running away from that sock. I don't have a good feeling about that sock at all. One thing right away, I want to I want to ask you it. The way that you win this match, right, is to get the the sock filled with coins, right? Is that the way you win it? Because 
Because like a ladder match, you always the you have to retrieve the object to win. But on a pole match, it's usually like you can retrieve the object and then you can use the object, or the object becomes fair game. Now, Pee Wee Anderson starts counting, and why would you count? Like I think they're on the outside, if my memory serves me correctly. Why would you start doing the count out if that's like? Could there be a count out finish in this match? Because wouldn't that be something just? fucking amazing just a double count out like Brenda trot trot all this bullshit out there and then have a count out finish <laughs> just just leave the pole up there for the rest of the rest of the night yeah just leave it up there see what happens <laughs> somebody's gonna get that damn sock and it is too it's a gym like it doesn't even look like a like a new sock you'd think they'd have the time to go get a new sock at least it looked like an old beat up sock i bet kevin sullivan took the sock off you think it's his sock? Loaded, loaded it up. Was was there anything written on the sock? What do you think would be written on the sock? I'd like a maybe, maybe one of those money signs. Left or right? Like what do you, what do you want written on the sock, man? You know, like a an money old school sign. money bag. You, you know, like the cent sign, sign or the dollar bill sign? Yeah, no, yeah. I don't think so. I think that'd be way better though if you actually had a sack of coins. Right. They gave him. They gave him a <laughs> sock of coins. On top of this huge pole. Just biggest ridiculous. biggest pole I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Speaking of big poles, Bubba gets his junk rammed into the post and the turnbuckle back to back. So Tenta realized there's no way he's getting up there. So he attempts to to unsecure the pole. He's a Which is actually man. that's smart, yeah. Yeah. But he doesn't get too far. And uh, Bubba Bubba comes after him, I think, with a belt. Yeah, he does. And yeah, this thing is this thing's sloppy. That the, the scissors get involved at, at one point. Yeah, Tenta tries to cut down the pole. So that's dumb too. And I'm not like I'm not like a strap. I don't know a lot about strapping things down or anything like that. I, I just I don't I have some straps, but I don't use them for anything. I just like in case of emergency type situation. If I absolutely need to strap something down, I don't know what that would be, but. I have some. I don't know how to use them. I think they're called ratchet straps. Mm-hmm. Like you put a you put a side in them and then you pull one thing. But there's like a really easy way. Because I've seen uh, multiple friends of ours grab like one piece of the ratchet strap and then the whole thing comes undone. So do you think it's a situation where Bubba is not familiar with the ratchet strap? Or do you think he just he needs to cut it down with the scissors? Because he tries to cut the damn thing with the scissors. And those... I don't. I think a good ratchet strap. You're not going to be able to just cut with a haircut and scissor. Well, that's the thing. You said so, you think a, you think a good one. You think they have good ones? They couldn't even get a fucking sack for the silver dollars. They used a sock. Those are dollar general ratchet straps. All right. Those are family dollar ratchet. Those are garage sale ratchet straps. I. You think that's where they fucked up? They blew their they blew their their budget on the straps and couldn't get a fucking sack. They could have got a damn pillowcase. They could have got a pillowcase. They could have written the money sign on it. Would have looked better than the sock. Man, Bubber is not the brightest bulb. I mean, first of all, like you said, he comes out with that stupid looking helmet. Yeah. And well, I mean, Shark comes out with half a head of hair, so <laughs> right off the bat, I don't. <laughs> You don't get high hopes. Don't get high hopes, but yeah, these guys they they take different approaches. Both of them failed to take down the pole by 
extemporaneous means, we'll just say. Eventually, uh, Jimmy Hart climbs up the pole. He gets up there pretty quick. So this is the best part of the entire match. Mm -hmm. Jimmy flies up that pole. I had no idea he had it in him. He flies up that pole. Gets and like the crowd is cheering because Tenta gets up and Tenta's standing uh, in the ring waiting for him to come down, but he reacts as if the crowd is cheering for him. It's it's absolutely genius, and he gets it like he waves the sock in the air like yeah, I got it, I got a sock, baby. <laughs> and as he goes down, he he gets onto the the turnbuckle. He doesn't look back, and he just kind of like he swings the the sock over, and Tenta grabs the sock. Like he made it look believable when Tenta got, you know what I mean? He made it look great. Jimmy is, Jimmy's world-class, man. He spent a lot of time on a pole for sure. I don't know what that means. (laughs) 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 Yeah. The way, you know, the way he comes down the pole, it's like he's, he's done this before. You think he's a fireman or a stripper? Maybe both. Oh, like a fireman stripper. Right. Right. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know if, to answer your question, I don't know if Tenta wins this when he clobbers Bubba or if the three count was necessary. They do count as three, the three though. So he does get the three. He gets the, the victory. The crowd is popping huge for this match. Yeah. Um, and they uh, he even puts the silver dollars over his eyes, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was nice of him. Yeah, paying, was- for his, pay, paying for his passage to the other side. I was uh, I was pleasantly surprised at the at the audience. Yeah. For the audience was uh, well, for the most part, the audience was was uh, you know making a lot of noise throughout this show. But yeah, so we got tattoo with the victory. We got no word yet on the third man. Then we get sent back to Gene. It's time he get, he's got Luger, the Stinger, and the Macho Man. I hated this. Didn't like it, huh? No, no. You don't. What do you think of all these guys wearing the sting makeup? That part I don't mind. I like the unity, right? I like the unity of the team. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it started off. It started off with Luger, didn't it? And then moved into Sting. Or how did it, it moved into Sting? And that's the part where I, I just was like, the fear of the unknown gives me a dry mouth, and I'm like, I don't fucking care. <laughs> It makes me nervous. Makes macho nervous. No, it doesn't. He's Macho Man Randy Savage. You have a dry mouth and a queasy tummy because you're a bitch. Yeah, it started off with the Macho Man. And, okay. And I could, I'll, I'll validate validate what you just said about the overall uh, quality of this interview because Macho Man was the highlight. And he's always going to be the highlight in an interview spot. Yeah. But what he had to say is, when asked about who the third man might be, I know it's going to be somebody. <laughs> and that's all that really matters to me. He knows it's going to be somebody. It's, well, right, yes. It's going to be someone. And then Luger starts talking, and Macho interrupts him. <laughs> like, What's the point? Get to it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Macho. <laughs> and then, yeah, Stinger closes with... Uh, Man, Sting's going to have a gimmick change here soon, and that's going to be a welcome gimmick change. He's going to shut up for a couple of years. (laughs) I I don't know. He's he's been painted as an icon now for a couple decades, so we kind of forget that he was not the 
not really a legendary stick man. No, he is not, man. I didn't like anything. I didn't like anything about that entire segment. It bothered me. Next up, we got DDP and Duggan in a taped fist match. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you just can't get enough of the gimmick matches in this one. So that's the thing. We watched Uncensored where there was rules in every match. And now we're at Bash at the Beach and we're on our second match of like gimmick, no rule situations, right? Mm-hmm. So is this Uncensored at the Beach? This is probably more Uncensored than Uncensored was. All right. Did you know that Duggan was the master of the tape fist? Of course I did. You did. But you didn't know he was King Duggan. What are you talking about? Man. You didn't know he was King Duggan. Who are you? <laughs> the, tape, the, the tape fist, man, he did that every Saturday on Worldwide. He loved taping that fist up. I'm still not sure exactly how it benefits, but yeah, it's his thing. Well, this one's for the Lord of the Ring Ring Championship, whatever it is. How do you think Duggan would have been as a as Lord of the Ring? Sloppy. Yeah, it's a pretty sloppy affair. You can tell that DDP's getting his shit together. He's been he's been on a pretty good run lately. Getting the Lord of the Ring, getting the benefactor, getting rid of Kim. Did you see that? Uh, that that booty babe sign? No, I didn't. No, guy's got a bo- booty babe sign right in the right in the front row. Just pulling for the booty babe? Yeah, I'm sure I pulled for the booty babe once or twice <laughs> back in the day too. Good call. So DDP takes the uh, takes the top turnbuckle to the package. And Dusty says, somebody call the family. Uh, <laughs> I kind of, kind of, kind of a, I think he's talking about his jewels, right? Oh, the family jewels. Yeah. Right. His testicles. His testicles. So, I mean, this was kind of a short and sweet, you know, DDP gets the diamond cutter for the win. Do you have the runtime of the match? Uh, I'm guessing it was five minutes or so. Okay. Because all I wrote down was low blow cutter DDP wins. How did I not write any notes? <laughs> I mean, it's it so- wasn't it wasn't like a poor match or anything like that. It just it just it seemed to be quick when I was watching it. So maybe that's a good thing. It it went by yeah, it went by quick. It was it was a pretty enjoyable little quick hitter. I I totally missed how Duggan began the match with his fist taped, and then he didn't have his fist taped, <laughs> and then at the end of the match, after he gets the diamond cutter, and loses. He gets a hold of the tape. And wraps up his fists in big cinematic fashion, clobbers DDP. Mm-hmm. So I, I totally missed uh, that, That you know, I think we both both missed the tape business there. But nevertheless, yeah. DDP is still Lord of the Ring. We got Gene with Jimmy Jai and Sully. Oh, yeah. Nothing important there. <laughs> he calls goes Jimmy Hart a little twerp. Uh, Task Task uh, talks about being in his hometown. This isn't his hometown. Task is from Boston. 
I mean, <laughs> maybe it's his new hometown, his adopted hometown. I think it's time for Tass to hang up the boots, man. You ain't joking. So, I, I mean, Giant had a good take. I liked that he said he was the world champion and always will be. That's the kind of confidence I think you need. Yeah, I like that. It's not a bad. Uh, it's not a bad line. Uh, he says they're going to have some horse stew. Right, horse so, stew. Like, like they're going to beat. They're going to defeat them in the ring, and then they're going to dismember them. Kill them first, probably. Right. right. And cook them into a stew. Cook them into a stew. Yeah, we we are right. talking the dungeon of doom here. You know, I didn't think, I didn't factor that into my thought at all about this interview at all. They we are talking about they might actually have horse stew. He said horse stew, not horseman stew. Uh, so maybe they're actually like may I'm sure there's so, uh, somewhere out in the world you could probably find a horse stew. So maybe he's not actually, he's not actually talking about the horseman. He's just talking about you know a very high end protein stew. <laughs> <laughs> you think the task and the Jai are going to go into the wild and hunt some horse? No, I don't think they are. No, I don't think they, I, I guarantee there's parts in this world that you can get a horse stew. I think maybe they're just going to go get a horse stew. Maybe it's a delicacy in uh, Daytona Beach. I don't think you can get it in Daytona Beach. No. Nah. So what do you think of Kevin Sullivan's face paint? I got to ask you. I don't like him. <laughs> I don't, the more I watch him, the less I like him. Doesn't matter if it's in interviews or in the ring. The more I see him, the less I want to see him. He's he just seems like where's, he's out of gas at this. Where's point. David? Where's David? He's the better of the two. We haven't seen him at all. Not even once. It's a shame. Oh, well, we get sent back to your guys, Staggerly. Yeah, the, the more I see Stagger, the, crippler. the more I want to see Stagger. Stagger does a great job. It's fantastic. Uh, Double A sends out a warning to the Outsiders. Um, <laughs> and he, you know, he did a pretty good job convincing me that he's, that, you know, people have actually been coming up to him and telling him that, you know, oh man, Kevin Sullivan's going to beat you up. <laughs> <laughs> that's all he's been hearing about i love double a he's 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 great it's like he's all business and then he's got the the fucking the wrestling trunks you know he's got the glasses you know business attire but below the waist it's all, all wrestling you know it's a unique look that's what you like about him <laughs> maybe that's it i don't know the fact that he you know he's I have no idea how old he is here. He could be fifty. He could be thirty. He could be sad. He's kind of kind of an ageless wonder. Arn Anderson has looked like he was fifty five years old since nineteen eighty one. That's what I'm saying, man. So that's uh, he says they're going to cut the giant in half, and then he'll be three foot six. Is that accurate math? Did you figure that out? If we're talking seven feet, three foot six is half. Okay. So, right. he's got the glasses, man. He's smart. That's because he's smart. And, uh, Crippler says he's going to leave Sullivan for dead. I fuck. So, I like Crispin a lot. I'm a really big fan, but I don't like when he's like, silent. 
but violence. <laughs> can it? Just can it? He he was best when he stayed silent. If you start talking, you're not silent anymore, Chris. And I'm, the flying headbutts were already starting to take their toll on him. I think. <laughs> I think they already were. You're right. But I'd, I'd say the, you know, the highlight of this is Stagger Lee really getting the job done. Great voice. Mm-hmm. So if the if the Horsemen get the win tonight, then a member of the Horsemen, I'm assuming Flair, is going to get a title shot against the Ja tomorrow on Nitro. I would have thrown him for a curveball, and I would have tried a woman out there. Because isn't she a member of the? She's a member of the Four Horsemen. I think so. Yeah. Boy. Just throw her, give her the title shot. <laughs> see, see what Jai's really got. <laughs> well, she gets she gets pretty involved in this one. Yeah. So we got chapter, I don't know, five or six of the Public Enemy and Nasty Boys feud <laughs> up next in a double dog collar match. I was a little disappointed because I was hoping. So it's, it's dog collar to dog collar, right? I think it's... Uh, who is it? Rocco Rock is with Sags. Yep. Johnny Grunge is with Knobs. But I was hoping it was going to be like a connecting piece in the middle as well. I wanted all four guys to be dog collared together. Right. But it was each. I mean, they were dog. You know, two separate dog collars. Either way, I I'm a big fan of the dog collar match. Uh, this is the first one I've seen in a while. I, it's just yeah. such a such a versatile prop. Mm-hmm. You know, you smack the guy with it, you whip the guy with it, you grab the thing, and you you know, just so much you could do with it. Submission hold with it. Yeah, you could kill somebody. A number your, number of different ways. Wrap your fist up with it. Go Jim <laughs> Duggan and punch him in the head. So you could, t- you know, this this card looks like uncensored so far. It looks like a it looks like an uncensored card. That's what I was saying before. This is uncensored. Uncensored was some other bullshit. It was like Wrestle not even Wrestle War. Wrestle War was a little bit more crazy than that. I don't know what you would I don't know. Tuesday in Texas, maybe. <laughs> so we mentioned the beach setup that they got at the uh at the 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 entryway area they got the sand they got the lifeguard stand they got the surfboard they got the inflatables they got a shark oh before we get to the shark rocco rock he lands i mean he beat the piss out of the guardrail with his nuts i don't know if you saw that oh yeah yeah it it so this when they start rumbling down to get to the beach the beach area yeah he and he just drops down. Ka-ting! So, yeah, these guys, I don't even think they get into the ring. Or well, they start off in the ring, obviously. They're, they're in the ring. They get tied. They get uh, uh, referee hooks them up to the, the collars, and then they just jet for the outside. Like you said, that was a fantastic uh, Nard spot that Rock took on the guardrail. Yeah, he, he went up there, and it was, it was almost like – it's like he bonsai dropped the guardrail with, <laughs> with his nards. It was, man, it was, he really, I don't know, he really wanted to introduce his nuts to that guardrail. And Rocco Rock loves nothing more than trying to jump off of shit. That's, that's where he gets right. his pleasure in life, you know. I think right. he, he, 
But I, you know, Public Enemy, they I, did. They were on before the Dudley Boys, right? Uh, it was around the same time. Around the same time. I mean, I can't, I can't give you the exact timeline, but I believe that uh, the enemy might be a, a hair before the Dudleys. But as as stiff and sloppy and you know no sell, mm-hmm. whatever as these guys are, they they they're pretty creative with the with well every the time objects. We, every time we've seen the Public Enemy, it's always been a a, a damn thing. Well, Public Enemy with the Nasty Boys. It's always been a thing. It's like, hey, you guys want to sell tonight? Nope. All right, us either. Let's go on. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby mentions that the average man would be in intensive care. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> After a couple minutes in this thing, um, mm-hmm. they're just beating the hell out of each other with with everything they got. They get a they get a table set up in the <laughs> in like the the aisle. It's a rarely seen spot. A table yeah. set up in an aisle. I think Rock goes through that thing, and then we uh, you want to want to get to the the beach. The beach bag, oh. <laughs> the fucking rubber shark. It's it's an inflatable rubber shark, and they use it as a weapon. Now you've been hit with an inflatable, maybe not a rubber shark, but maybe an inflatable, uh, an inner tube, maybe an inflatable frog or a lion or whatever type of inflatable uh, animal you, you've perhaps been hit with. And they're like, that's the one move he starts to sell. Like you got hit with an inflatable. And that's what you that was so bothersome to me. Man. You know, we were talking about the uh the you know the Tenta and Bubber match, how it's you know, the stipulation and the writing and shit behind it was just so so ridiculous. I could you know, I could actually see some humor in that. You know, <laughs> it's like we're not gonna sell for anything that that is, you know, it would actually do some damage. But once we whip out the shark, you know, it's it's fun. The, I think stupidest the funniest shit, part, but entertaining. You know, the funniest part about it was Dusty's reaction. He's got Dusty's a shock. Reaction. <laughs> uh, it, He's it, got a rubber shock. His reaction to it was 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 so funny that, and the spot was so absurd that it made it enjoyable. Yeah. <laughs> so they're battling in the sand. Uh, Rocco gets on top of the lifeguard. Bit. Did you get um, fucking hooked to it too? <laughs> <laughs> so he, he does this two or three times in this match. First time was with the guardrail where he climbs up, he hits a move, and then he goes up again and he gets yanked down and does the same deal with the lifeguard thing. And then we get a, I guess this is a false count anywhere match because we get an attempted pin on a surfboard. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all sorts of plunder man uh that's as far is this your favorite of this series that we've seen with these guys because we've been seeing these guys at every show yeah yeah i think it is i think it's it's, it's definitely my favorite match that the two of them had just because of the absurdity of it and when they finally battled back into the the ring, we got two I am the table spots. <laughs> which is which is that's always fantastic. And I don't know if like I don't know if they 
had to improv the finish or not. Cause usually like that, that table spot, one of those table spots would have been the, would have been the finish, but then they end up hanging. Who is it? They end up hanging the, 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 the grunger. And then Rocco rock gets clotheslines by the damn chain. Cause while they're hanging the grunger and that's, that's, that's the finish. But I think just because it's like mostly because of the absurdity of the, the match itself, it made it that much more enjoyable. And Dusty on commentary throughout this thing was hilarious. Uh, brain was as well. Yeah. <laughs> you know, toughest table I've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> should provide some context when <laughs> in the world of professional wrestling, you're supposed to go through a table upon impact. <laughs> and, <laughs> And these guys grab this table that uh, we get a splash on a couple of splashes on the thing. It would not break. And oh, for those that aren't familiar with uh, with the I am the table reference. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> and uh, it's funny when they actually get back into the ring. Uh, <laughs> brain's like, yeah, the ring, you know, that, that big thing in the center of the room. <laughs> <laughs> These guys have spent the whole, you know, 10, 15 minutes outside of the ring. They finally right. get in there, and then there's that series you mentioned with uh, the chain and choking and clothesline, and then uh, they yeah. finally go through that table, and then the action doesn't stop. They just keep keep beating the shit out of each other, and they continue right. not to sell anything. And it, it was it was a lot of fun, but it was, you know, I don't know where they go from here with this feud. Because <laughs> We're getting, we're getting it every, we're, it seems like we're getting it every show. It's, it's entertaining. It know? is entertaining. And, and you're, I have no idea where they would go from here either. There's nothing that like they've had every type of like, no, st- oh, I think the first match actually wasn't a no stipulation match, but it was just, I mean, they just turned into a street fight, didn't it? Yeah. They threw out the first match. Yeah. yeah. And then it was a street fight and it, yeah, it's. There's not much they can do. The next, the next match is, I think, maybe a buried alive match. <laughs> right, right, inferno match, whatever. Right. So <laughs> the the, uh, <laughs> the doomsday cage with just those <laughs> those two, maybe. Um. Uh, yeah. Throw. Holy shit! Would that work? A doomsday cage match with just <laughs> like a tag team, like just two two guys. You got to battle it to the top of it, maybe. All right. Yeah, I could make it work. It's pretty, pretty, uh, you know, versatile guys, I guess. Yeah. So um, I, I don't even, I don't think it matters, but I, who got the win here? Nasties. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So you get Gene in the back again. He's hoping to get a word from the outsiders. Uh, they, they're speculating about who the third man could be, but they don't ever like mention anybody's names or really give you any sort of an inclination they really keep us in the dark Mm -hmm. you know and up to this point they hadn't they hadn't mentioned hall's hall or nash's names either so it was a very uh uh we got a very original you know kind of groundbreaking thing brewing here but I mean, do you think that we would have benefited from having a Hall Nash interview? That's what no. it looks like he was going for. 
no, I don't think there's any benefit to having a whole Nash interview at this point. Yeah, I, I think the think more so the more they can they can push the mystery and build the anticipation of the reveal, right? The better. That's what they did. They did a great job of it too. Right. Yeah, this thing was just so well done. But All right, next up, we got my guy Disco Inferno taking on Cruiserweight Champion Dean Malenko. About time Disco Inferno gets the title match. I think it's bullshit. On what grounds? You think he's a cruiserweight? Have we figured out what the what the weight limit is on this? No, but I don't think he's a cruiserweight. He's a smaller guy. No, he's not. You think he's a heavyweight? I think he's easily a heavyweight. And and he is comes he that out much like, bigger than Dean. Well, I don't mean that's that's I don't know if that's. Yeah, I think he is, but he's he also comes down with a gold record, and he grabs the stick and he starts talking about the disco party he's gonna have. Yep, that's why that's why I'm watching. You tell you watch him for the disco party. Do you think that's similar to the lingerie and pajama party that? Rick Flair, like, so would you, you rather go to was at that party? Would you? Oh, bullshit. He's never made. <laughs> There's no way Rick Flair's gonna be like, Disco, you want to come to the lingerie fucking pajama party that I'm having? Did you, are you going to the, the disco party with Disco Inferno or are you going to the Rick party? Because you're a huge disco guy and Disco's now got this gold record that he's slugging around. I, I still think Disco's there, man. I mean, of course, I'm going to the Rick Flair party, but. We saw Disco at the Colonel Parker Sherry wedding. Stealing really champagne. He was, I don't think he was a guest. I think he was just stumbling around. <laughs> Everybody wants to have Disco around, man. He brings the fun. I don't think he does. No. I'm kind of turning on Disco. Well, Malenko comes out. He's all business and he's pissed. Uh, Bobby speculates he must never like to dance. Oh. That's, the ice man. So, I mean, I'm a I'm a big Disco Inferno fan, but you know his his weakness, if you want to call it that, is he he's full of himself, right? He hits a maneuver and then he can't help himself. He's got to get up and dance and fix his hair, right? So we'll see if he's got any discipline here. I mean, I I was pulling for Disco. I I you know I knew his shots of going over we're slim to none but you were pulling for disco he put on a he, he put on a hell of a performance here i think he was he was uh the lucky recipient of a dean malenko match is what happened there might be some truth to that <laughs> he, he gets no offense in in the first probably five minutes of this for match a long time yeah how can you be a cruiserweight and not have a Hurricane Rana? That's what I want to know. Who's to say he doesn't? Have you ever seen him pull one off? Nope. Nope, neither have I. His finisher is like a stunner. Do you know what the name of his finisher is? I don't. Probably the, the, the disco ball drop. But mm. I, I, I have no idea. I don't remember. But is like he's saying the cruiserweight can't do a stunner i'm saying the cruiserweight can do the stunner but he goddamn better well have done a hurricane rana either before or after so you're saying that's a that ought to be a prerequisite for a cruiserweight match i think that's an industry standard for the cruiserweights 
Okay. In, 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 especially in a title match, I see where you're coming from. And I'm still going with, I bet Disco had a, had a hurricane run in the, in the bag. He, he was right. just, oh, he was just overwhelmed by the, uh, the man of a thousand holds. Okay. I, I, I'll believe you, I guess. Uh, I'm sure Disco hit some high flying maneuver at some point, didn't he? No, he does. He goes off the second turnbuckle with an elbow. There you go. Not even like the, not even like, not like a macho elbow, like a Bret Hart elbow, a technical elbow, not a flying elbow off the second rope, even not even a top rope. (laughs) Okay. The more, the more I think about it, Disco is probably about 250. Okay. Right. (laughs) (laughs) uh, I guess that just, uh, goes along with this uncensored theme of this show that anything goes. <laughs> I mean, he should have been given like a TV title or U.S. title push. That would have been more fitting. No, he should not. <laughs> you want to put the world title on him? No, I don't already. No, the best, the best he should be at the very top is like a transitional TV champion. <laughs> Right now, like Luger's two- got the TV title. I'd rather see Disco with that strap. It's, well, yeah, so would I. <laughs> I would much rather see Disco than Luger with the TV strap. <laughs> and I got to ask you this. I didn't have time to research this, but did Malenko and Bret Hart ever square off? Is, can you imagine? <sighs> Not to my knowledge. I think there would have been there would have been the opportunity in WCW. Do you think that uh, how, how do you think that would have played out? Because they, I, I noticed that right away with Malenko. Um, it's a very similar method. He works his match, you know. Yeah. Yep. Uh, just move to move to move. Super, you know, there's mm-hmm. he, he was one of the, you know, he lived up to his name. He was one of the best wrestlers in the world at this time. Yeah. Uh, both kind of ring generals. I was just kind of thinking that, you know, I just wonder what that kind of a match would have, would have been. Well, I, I think in a lot of ways it would have been, uh, boy, it would have been similar to maybe the Owen Hart match, like two guys that can really, really wrestle, but mm-hmm. at a certain point it would have to break down to one guy slapping the other guy in the face. You know what I mean? Punch him. You can move through, move to move to move, but I don't think at a certain point in the match, there's got to be a spot where one guy steps outside of the realm of just wrestling moves and holds into punches and kicks and such. I know Ben Juan, Ben Juan Hart, obviously had a couple matches together, but I don't, I don't ever recall seeing Hart and Malenko. I have to look that up. That'd be, uh, be an interesting thing to see. Well, back to the Disco Inferno, back to what matters here. Uh, he, he really shows off his toughness. I mean, Malenko gets Did him in an say back to what really matters here with the Disco Inferno. <laughs> Slaps out. Malenko's just, just dishing out the punishment. Gets him in an STF. The Disco will not, will not submit. Um, I think eventually he gets a little offense in there. Like I said, it takes about five minutes. Uh, but... Disco's getting better with not not dancing after every little victory. 
<laughs> I think the more that you like him, the more I start to dislike him. <laughs> You're like, oh man, Disco's getting a little bit better about uh, not not just going for the dance. Like, well, yeah, fuck him. <laughs> but you don't like the Disco Inferno. I think initially I really did, but, but for some reason, the more you love him, the more I start to hate him. All right, here we go. The disco, he he gets a reverse neck breaker, rude awakening, whatever. Finally gets a little bit of offense in. He's not dancing, but he's taking too much time. Uh, he gets a close two with a cloverleaf reversal. And then, you know, inevitably, Malenko ends up getting the victory with, uh, it's like a, he does a power bomb and then cloverleaf combo. Yeah, Pearl River plunge to a, well, wow, was a, to a clover leaf. Yeah, it was. It was. He's yeah. much better than just going for now. So, well, I'm I'm happy to see Disco getting the push he deserves. Yeah. But speaking of pushes that they don't deserve, next up we got Steve Mongo McMichael taking on Joe Gomez. Does this guy got a moniker, or gimmick, or anything? <laughs> or yeah, he was Joe like Gomez. I thought it was like the Desperado or something like that. I think he might be the desperado Joe Gomez. Before, but did you see while he was walking out the camera, like panned over the beach, and they put little lobster claws on the camera? Did you see yeah, that? I see that. <laughs> that was, <laughs> that was the only thing that made this match uh, worth watching because this match it sucks. We got a couple of couple of big fellas here. They're they're basically the same man. Yeah, uh, about three hundred pound uh, linebacker build. Was was McMichael a linebacker or a lineman? He's a lineman. Uh, uh, well, regardless, these guys would have been better served in a tag team. Not a good tag team, but you know they they take on State Patrol on Worldwide or something. All right. Well, that sounds like you're shitting on Worldwide, but yeah, I understand what you're saying. <laughs> Doing a dark match on Worldwide. <laughs> yeah, dark match Worldwide would be okay. See, the problem, I liked, I liked Mongo too. Like when I was younger, I, and then I realized the only thing that I liked was his, his finish. I liked his tombstone. Wasn't a bad tombstone pile driver. He had a pretty good tombstone. That's no cane to- tombstone. Oh, Jesus Christ. You and the cane tombstone. <laughs> would you take a Mongo over a cane? No, I would never take a Mongo over a cane. I mean, I understand. Like, he's. A lot of good things can be said about Mongo, just not in the ring. Gomez is a fucking worldwide special. You realize <laughs> he is a worldwide. I got, there's when they're looking at the card, they're like, "Hey guys, what do you think we should do tonight? You want to do Mongo and Joe Gomez on the pay per view or tag team title match? Let's go, Mongo Gomez." <laughs> this so far, this is uh, this is. This doesn't belong here. No, the, you know uh, every so, other match has been in, enjoyable up until this match. I mean, we had Eddie Guerrero and, and Regal on the pre-show that got cut. Yeah, I mean, or tag title match. Shit, even Jim Powers and Hugh Morris. You know, right? So, and I mean, uh, I mean Gomez, I get it. they're they're pushing Mongo. You know, being yeah. a four horsemen's a big deal. I get it. Right. It's about to be less of a big deal, but. I mean, Gomez. So they the they work way too fast. 
in this match. Like they just need to slow down and neither one of them sells very well. It's a, it's a very bad match, but the one thing uh, I did enjoy outside of the lobster claws, Gomez hulks up like Tatanka. And I thought that was pretty cool. You kind of feel bad for the guy. Not, you know, he's hulking up. He's the crowd's dead at this point. I think this is the, this is the piss break match. Yeah. The card. Yeah, Mongo yeah, tombstones and a wins. little bit. There. What's that? Listen, <laughs> Mongo tombstones and wins. Let's move on. All right, that's that's. Well, next up, we got Mean Gene in the back with Ric Flair and his oh, ladies. La cucaracha, la cucaracha. Ric Flair's back there, and he's gonna stop. <laughs> oh, that was uh, you didn't do Terrible. very good there. We're cutting that one. Rick Flair is going from this, but it is the most like absurd style and profile you've ever heard. <laughs> and why is he singing La Cucaracha? Flair is jacked. Oh man, he's yeah. Why why is he singing La Cucaracha? There's just figured I just figured it out because he's facing Conan. Ah, uh, okay. Yep. You yep. think that's a, a, a racial jab, Adam? I think it is, but yeah, which isn't acceptable. But I also want to talk to you about woman is basically, I mean, she's a step away from giving Gene a hand job. Yeah, there's some, there's some sexual harassment in the workplace happening here. But Gene, Gene's enjoying himself. But yeah, but, she's, well, she's all rubbing up on him. I mean. Uh, there's something about that woman. I'll tell you that. There's something. That's a, that's a, that's a devil woman. Uh, also, also, you got the devil woman and all that. I want to talk about when they talk to Liz. Because Liz, again, still just doesn't look comfortable. She never, never has, really. Never, ever. Yeah, but she's gonna, she is gonna pay for a woman and Gene to have a private party, a private party. That that part made me laugh really. Gene did a pretty good job selling, like, like, like acting that part where he's like, a private party. Gene talks about having a pole vaulting competition at. <laughs> at this <Yeah>. party later. <laughs> That's really how you <laughs> <laughs> Flair is jacked. Yeah. It's uh I, I really enjoyed this promo. He's he's dancing around, yelling, styling, profiling. Um I'm I was I was really looking forward to this match. This uh this Flair and Conan really uh you're used to seeing Flair, like it's a new opponent for Flair. You know, you're used to seeing him take on whoever the top guy is, and it's usually right. one of the guys that a Savage, Hogan, Sting, whatever. But he's taking a taking a step back. He's hoping to have by this time tomorrow night on on Nitro. He's hoping to have both the U.S. title and the world title if his Horsemen win their tag team match later on. Right. So he's going for the U.S. title against Conan. You got anything else on this on on Flair? Uh, just another... a... <laughs> <laughs> that 
was, that was the best. That was the best I've ever heard Ric Flair do the style and profile. <laughs> ah! uh, the pole vaulting, though. <laughs> so uh, I would like to ask you a question about that because I was trying to figure that out exactly. Because pole vaulting, that's when you run, right? And then you put that giant stick in the in the ground, and then you vault yourself over a bar, correct? Right. Okay. And clearly, he was trying to make a joke about having a boner, right? Right. Okay. <laughs> so, how is is woman gonna pick Jean up by the boner over her shoulder, and run, run, and then throw it in the ground and try and vault herself over? Like, I don't, I just didn't, I understand that it's like funny because, you know, he said pole. (laughs) That's pretty much it. But like, when you break it down, how is that actually a boner joke? Pole, right? Right. We got that part of it. Vault. Right. Pole going up. Right. I think that's all there is. Oh, okay. That's what a boner is. It's a pole vault. Right. Okay. That's as far all. as a competition, I, I, though. Didn't he say a comp, we're going to have a pole vault competition? Yeah, I don't know if he and Nature having a, <laughs> a boner competition. or. I mean, you but, sure, if you break it down initially, it sounds stupid. But if you if you really think about it, you know. <laughs> right, right. You know. And then well, I thought I, I thought it was going to be a private party. So how is there going to be a competition? I think Gene's just. You know, you get flustered, you, you know, start talking stupid. And he right. <laughs> at one point asked for the address of the hotel where this party's happening. So, right. you know, Gene's getting in on the action. Yeah, he probably already dropped about a thousand Oaklands in his pants. So. Yeah, it'd be a hell of a party with the flair and the ladies and Gene yeah. calling the action disco. Yeah, Gene's calling the action in the party. <laughs> and who the fuck let disco in? Brings the fun, man. He's, he's, I bet he could do a Luku Garage dance. Yeah, but he can't pull vault worth a damn. So we got Ric Flair taking on Conan for the U.S. title. Stop! <laughs> Conan doesn't have a mask this time. He's trying to simplify his life a little bit. Yeah, he's getting everything. He's, 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 he's putting things together. Kind of looks like a regular guy. He's got fancy coat on. Huge match for Conan. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like woman. I decided, I think I like her a lot, but would you rather listen to Ric Flair yell style or woman yelling on the outside of the ring? If she could just shut up, that would be fantastic. I'd, I'd rather listen to Flair. Right. Right. Any, any day. Uh, now let's, yeah, now let's... She, she's an obstruction <laughs> to this match. Really? She, well, she absolutely is, but let's now let's take that same thought and apply it to the bedroom. Would you, would you rather... <laughs> let's change the venue. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. I mean, what do you enjoy the screeching, the shrieking, whatever she's uh, not, doing? Not, not within the confines of the wrestling venue. No, not in that arena. I don't care for it. Right. Flair. Okay. Conan smacks Flair right across his face. Yep. 
that was pretty pretty damn. I didn't expect that, and I've seen it before, and I still didn't expect it. That was that was pretty goddamn good. Yeah, he didn't he sell it. He, he hit the hit the bat and looked like he looked. His facials were great after it happened too. It was like he was like, oh shit, yeah. this kid uh, this kid ain't bad. Hell of a slap. Flair. So Conan smacked to Flair or Flair's chops to Conan. Which one do you prefer? Well, I, I love a, I love a nature boy knife edge. Yeah. Who doesn't really? Right. But you get one every match. Right. I think uh, that Conan slap, and you see it a lot in matches like this where the younger guy is going up against the established guy. And, you know, one of them breaks down and slaps the other one. But for some reason, this one really stuck out to me. Well, I mean, yeah, like you said Flair hit the deck like he'd just gotten, you know, a knockout blow. Right. I mean, Flair, Flair, Flair's just selling the hell out of, out of everything's going, everything Conan is throwing at him. Um, you know, Conan gets the privilege of working a Ric Flair match. And uh, he even throws a woo at Rick. Which I didn't see coming. Yeah, it, it was good. It was good. <clears throat> so Kona's got a bandage on the back of his head, which I just, I, I just couldn't get past that. Yeah, I thought maybe it was because they they shaved the K's out of his head. Maybe he nicked himself. Mm, that's probably it. Probably is. That's a better look than three K's on your head. That's for sure. You're goddamn right. It is. So, what do you think about that surfboard submission? Uh, do you think it was supposed to be like that? Or do you think it was supposed to actually get him up in that elevated? You know um, what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. So that's one of those, I think that's one of those submission holds that kind of goes by different names. Like depending on where you are within the submission. I don't know if he was actually going to lift him up or anything like that, but that's still, you know, a submission hold where, where it was. Yeah. Yeah. Conan. You know, Conan's kind of a, uh, I mean, I know he's got the U.S. title. I was going to call him an underrated guy, but uh, fantastic. Um, quality, ours, ours quality, holds. quality performer. So woman gets involved in this match pretty extensively. Uh, maybe she does deserve the title shot. After, I mean, after she kicked uh, Conan in the ding ding. Yeah. So Liz is distracting the referee. Mm-hmm. And woman just walks into the ring and Kick, kicks Conan's little barbarians. <laughs> kicks him right in the lacucarachas. <laughs> right. And I mean, Dusty makes a good point in this in this match about how Flair's always had people around him. Yeah. And he says something like, well, yeah, you know, you'd be a 13-time champion, too, if you had, you know, people interfering in your matches all the time, basically, yeah. which I, I guess I hadn't really thought of that before. Um, he, he always does kind of have the upper hand, you know, mm-hmm. um, but it's, you know, it's it's a fantastic flair performance. He he's with with this one, though, don't do you think that there was maybe too many moving parts? Like, it seemed like there was multiple spots that maybe weren't as conjointed as they could have been like Liz jumped up on the apron at one point for seemingly no reason. I don't know if she was just early in the, like 
in the spot where she was supposed to be or wasn't supposed to be, but it seemed like maybe there's just too many moving parts. Yeah, Flair's try like Flair's kind of trying something new here. I don't know if I uh having two ladies out there with right. Him. Yeah. Um yeah, it would have been less sloppy if there was just one, but with the two, they were able to, you know, one was able to distract the ref. So I get why For the they fin- did yeah. that. The it, finish was was poorly executed. They, I th- I think part of it was uh you know, it still put over Conan. You know, he, he didn't lose clean, you know, Flair's, you know, dirtiest yeah. player in the game that whole bit. Mm-hmm. Um Oh, I do want to mention quick that Conan did he did uh follow through with his with his uh promise from the interview earlier about clotheslining Liz <laughs> and she was oh, in the er- earlier in the match. Yeah. Yeah, Liz went for a little bit of a tumble. She she no sold that shit too. But yeah, Liz you know, she's she's this legendary uh, first lady of wrestling, but she did always seem uncomfortable. Like she, it, you know, it wasn't. Maybe she maybe she was meant to live another life. Who knows? But yeah, maybe uh, she was supposed to be a barista in Boca Raton. Maybe, man. Or a hairstylist in Dubuque. Or a. Uh, Number of other things. Couldn't think of one. No, nah, that's nothing. all right. So yeah, the end of this match, the the spot takes forever. Yeah, so, poorly executed. So woman ends up hitting uh, Conan with the with the heel mm-hmm. of her high heel shoe. Yes, knocks him out. Flair gets the victory. Really nice touch with the feet on the top rope. Mm-hmm. for that extra leverage <laughs> yeah. yeah it was nice um but yeah the, the that was steve did a good job at just selling the hell out of the um the the really weak shoe shot it did look bad and it just i think it took too long to set up i just don't know if they were i don't know it just didn't the finish didn't do it for me and i do think it was just because it was it was it wasn't executed the best way it could have been maybe so flair wins he is the united states champion bringing that bring that gold back to the states and we get gene in the back he's in the restricted area Ooh, restriction so i think that gene's full of shit okay <laughs> to, to tell me why and here's why yeah so gene's been interviewing the hulkster he's been you know they've been like a uh a partnership really for the past 10 15 years okay well you know something mean gene you know yeah of course so you're gonna tell me that that gene can't identify the hulkster's voice he says that it's muffled (laughs) i don't i don't buy that i uh, so you know how the oh, no, 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 no. wait now wait now you've known me for what 30 years right right so what if do you know that it's still me if i start talking like this do you know that it's me you slut well yeah oh you do yeah 
<laughs> I guess that was a bad example then. I I just, I mean, I get it, Gene. You're doing your job, but if you hear the Hulkster's voice, you're gonna know what it is. Maybe I mean, he maybe maybe he wasn't. Uh, how do I put it? Maybe he wasn't. No, there's no way to. There's no way around. You're right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I'm, try, I'm trying to figure out ways to. But no, you're absolutely right. He should know. He's heard the voice. He knows the voice. So, a lot of st- still a lot of speculation about the third man. Uh, I know we were we were kids when this happened. Uh, do you do you remember having? Uh, I mean, third man could have really been anybody. Well. You know, the Federation. I, think, I got I got a lot to talk about on the uh, potential identity of the third man. I think I think we'll wait till till we get to the uh, the main to go over that because I, I got I got buckets of information. All right, and, well, and speculation. Well, we just got uh, we just got one more match until we're there, man. Oh so. shit, Comain, Comain time. We got a tag team grudge match happening. Arn Anderson, Chris Benoit taking on the Jai. The world champion, the Jai. Should have been playing second fiddle here. Uh, So potentially the biggest event in WCW's history. And they don't have the tag team title defended or their world title defended. Or the television title, your favorite. Or... Yeah, that is my favorite. So that's the big misses. Well, the Taskmaster and the Jai, they jumped the horseman uh, right out the gate. Mongo comes out, and then the Jai chases him. That's that set. As much as I've been impressed with the Jai's (laughs) rookie campaign so far, that's a rookie mistake there. I mean, you just leave. you, you, You just leave your guy. The the clearly the weak link of the Dungeon of Doom, Kevin Sullivan. You leave him to just get the shit kicked out of him by the horseman? Yes. <laughs> he went out of spite. Yeah. So Taskmaster has it coming. I'm gonna make that point. And the second point I'm gonna make is it's totally worth it just to see the giant run. <laughs> Cause he runs like he shit himself. That did make me smile. And he didn't run back to the ring when he came back. He kind of had a brisk walk about him. <laughs> Fucking mouth of the South had to go and get him. Yeah. Bring it back. So Taskmaster, this is the, I think this is what really clinched it for me, this match. Taskmaster sucks. <laughs> yeah. Interviews bad. Right? Doesn't sell anything from anybody. And it's not even like... It's not even like he's just not, he's no selling. He's not only no selling, but he's fighting through people's moves and no selling them. It's just, he's bad. He's very bad. How do you figure he got the position he was in? I figure he had to be real good at one point. Doubtful. He jerked off a moose. Uh, Maybe he jerked off Gorilla Monsoon. I don't think Monsoon would ever. I don't think Monsoon will. Well, point A, one. All right. You're not getting anywhere with Monsoon just jerking him off. All right. Monsoon is a merit alone type of a guy. Two, I don't think that Taskmaster ever got close enough 
to be able to have the privilege and honor of pulling one out for 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 old uh, gorilla. So no, I don't think that's absolutely not. <laughs> he's he is bad. He's he's fucking horrible. <laughs> I might I I might could no I I'm gonna say this right now. I would rather watch a Lex Luger match. Doesn't got much for offense. Well, didn't his wasn't his finishing move just like stomping a guy? Yeah. It's a double stomp to the to, to the chest. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, to answer your question, I don't really got an answer for your question. I mean, this guy, he was a wasn't he he was the booker man. Yeah. Had some creative uh input on what was going on with the product here. During potentially WTW's worst creative era ever. It's a mastermind behind the Dungeon of Doom brought us that uh which Classic. people still make fun of to this day. What did he bring to the table? The what doom- does he got that I don't? <laughs> you got a doomsday cage, man. He did bring the jaw. No, Hogan actually brought the giant in. It's just that Taskmaster created the storyline for the giant. Well, he storyline brought in the jaw. So right, storyline something. That's sure. Did you see when Arn went and grabbed the damn, he grabbed an abdominal stretch on Taskmaster and Taskmaster is holding on to the rope while Arn sinks it in. And once it's sunk in, he lets go of the rope and acts like he can't reach the rope. The The abdominal stretch is already, it's already busted, man. It's already over because you had the hand on the rope, but he was setting it up. <laughs> Who do you suppose are the good guys and the bad guys in this this match? Well, Task is a bad guy. I think just Task. I think you can cheer for the rest of them. It's like a common thread with this show, actually, is there are, up until this point, not many clear faces and heels. Yeah. I mean, you got the cruiserweights to start off there, you know. Uh, it was never really heel or face cruiserweights. They were just no. great matches. Yeah. You got Tenta and Bubber. I guess Tenta's a face kind of, but he was just yeah. the shark in the avalanche. Right. You know, you got Nasties in the enemy. They're both, you know, bad guys who get Our over. Favorites. Yeah. <laughs> you got your throwaway match with Mongo and Gomez on. I wasn't cheering for any either of them, and nobody else was either. Right. Disco and Malenko. Flair Conan. I mean, everybody loves Flair, but uh, really, a, really a departure from our, you know, kind of template of, you know, right. this is the good guy, this is the bad guy, right? Yeah. Which uh, really bring, brings this show together. Mm-hmm. Uh, there isn't too much to talk about here with the co-main event, the the horsemen are not going to receive a title shot. On they got the worst, the worst slingshot ever. Oh yeah, there are a few bad spots we should probably just touch. Because <laughs> uh, what's that? Uh, Arn delivering one to the task. No, t- uh, task, task delivering, delivering one to Arn. Yeah, and, and he like goes all the way down, like in the slingshot, and he's all the way down to his back. And Arn hasn't even like come up yet, and he slowly kind of gets up there, and then he, oh, I mean, God bless Arn for selling it. 
the worst slingshot of all time. <laughs> that's, that's terrible. And I've never seen one as bad as that. So the the giant, like I was thinking, maybe the giant was being punished by by somebody here. He's not involved for the first like ten minutes of this match. I mean, he's the world champion. What the hell is going on? Fuck. Taskmaster was probably setting up for his big comeback. <laughs> this this match would have benefited from just being a just being a notice like anything goes match. I think. Uh, no. You know, it, it, we're not going to save that. But the 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 guy gets in there. You know, he, he hits a couple of nice spots. Benoit goes for a splash. He gets caught, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then he throws him into Arn, which is a cool cool display of power there by the guy. Yeah. Uh, he gets choke slam for the win. <laughs> and then he, uh, we get a bit of a melee here at the end. Yeah, it goes, it goes kind of straight shit house. And then Benoit at one point, I mean, task of Benoit to battle away. And then Benoit jumps like he was off camera and then jumps onto the beach <laughs> on, on camera and they battle back and. Fuck, they, they're beating the shit out of Task, which is the right thing to do. And then Woman comes down and was like, you're going to hurt him. Stop beating him up. That's when I was like, no, Woman, we, we were getting along just fine. Now I might have to break it off with you. She really should have stayed with the Task. You think Woman would have been better off staying with the Taskmaster? Yeah. Why? She'd probably still be alive. Boy, that's dark. Moment of silence. Yeah, moment of silence. So the giant you don't comes know that, though. You don't know that. <laughs> there are a lot of variables at play. Anyways, go ahead. <laughs> so the, the giant comes out. This this was uh, this is pretty funny stuff. He, for the second time in this match, Jai's about as shitty of, of a tag team partner as you could get. Okay. I mean, I like the Jai. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But okay, they come out at the beginning of the match. He abandons abandons his partner, and then at the end of the match, he abandons his partner. Okay, Taskmaster just gets the shit beat out of him. But yeah. I guess he kind of redeems himself by he come finally comes back to the ring, throws uh, Task over his shoulder like a continental soldier, right? And then uh, <laughs> he steps over the top rope with him over his shoulder, walks about. I have a cute little spot. <laughs> cute spot yeah you're right that was a cute spot between the jai and the task (laughs) you like that yeah not bad (laughs) all right well without further ado this is what we've all been waiting for we get our little recap package of the outsiders so scott all showed up on i think it was may 27th or 29th whatever one of them monday nitros Mm-hmm. You know, we know who he is. This is Razor Ramon, but we don't right. know who he's here. So my favorite line of all of this buildup was not, you know, why we're, or you know, why I'm here. You know who I am, whatever the fuck it was. I'm too excited about the other line. I think my favorite line and maybe probably WCW history is when they're sitting front row eating popcorn. I say, we came to see the big boys. <laughs> 
might be the like the best line in WCW history. You got Nash and Hall sitting there front row with their tickets, and security's yelling at them. This is on a Monday Night Nitro, and they just ah, we came to see the big boys. <laughs> WCW is the land where the big boys play, right? Yeah, that's a uh, that that's stood the test of time. Mm-hmm. So Hall shows up. Th- Nash shows up. He talks about, you know, the big boys play. You know, look at the adjective play. <laughs> they show up at the at the Great American Bash, and initially, I, I think initially they were looking for a fight. You know, at the Great American Bash, they they were a little, little uh, perturbed, if if you want to call it that, or whatever. A little little annoyed with Bischoff not having. Not having some guys for him to face, so mm-hmm. so big sexy uh, Kevin Nash gives Bischoff a power bomb off the off the entryway through the some table or something. And man, this is a this is a tense situation because it's uh, it's a hostile takeover. Hostile takeover, you know. The and, uh, music that they play for that video package, I was going to ask you this, because Bischoff said it was a take on a Van Halen song. Do you know by chance what Van Halen song that would be a take off of? No, I'd have to listen to it again. I Probably something th- off of like Women and Children First, one of those bullshit albums. <laughs> yeah, for unlawful carnal knowledge or right, one of them. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't care for the music. Neither did I. So I didn't even I didn't even think of what it you know I wasn't thinking Van Halen when I was <laughs> No. Didn't remind me of Van Halen at all. It you know the song reminded me of is like the the background music in like a softcore porno that's set in the jungle. Yeah, that's a good way to describe it. Yeah, isn't it? So we're gonna cut to the chase here. We got Hall shows up, Nash shows up. They've been talking about this third man. The whole show, we've been talking about the third man. Hadn't been revealed yet. Take her away, Kevin Rogue. Okay, so you want to go through the list. So what I did was I put out a uh, a little bit of a, a questionnaire because this was such a interesting time in wrestling. I wanted to see what people remembered for the, for the rumors and things of that nature of who the third men could potentially be because we, we, at that point didn't really have dirt sheets. It was, it was, it was fantastic. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to run down. We're going to, we're going to discuss every damn one of these. The first response is uh, from a gentleman that goes by Yucatan liquor stand. (laughs) You can follow him at Yucatan liquor stand on Twitter (laughs) out of Westchester, Ohio. Uh, I and love the says, moniker. <laughs> it's actually pretty great that you can tan liquor stand in Westchester. Uh, so he goes with King Mabel. He says, King Mabel being the third man, I genuinely heard the rumblings in 96. And I remember hearing those as well. King Mabel being the third man. I don't think that would have been a bad situation. It's another, it's a giant guy from that uh, huge company up north. What do you think of Oh, King Mabel coming in, being the third man. Thank you, Yucatan Liquor Stand. He's, uh, we're talking about half of the Thousand Pounds of Sex team, right? We are talking about the Thousand Pounds of Sex team. 
It would have been an interesting choice. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't think the king King Mabel wasn't really wasn't really ever over. I mean, the most the, he was he was over when he was you know him and Mo were doing the hey hoes and whatnot. Right. Right. But for a build like this, I mean, you think it would have been a letdown? Would have been a letdown. Okay. I mean, uh, I could I could have seen Mabel coming in there and dropping a leg on on Savage. Oh yeah, he's got he's got a nasty leg drop too. Uh, he would have he would probably injured him taking him out. So I'll move on to the next one. We got uh, the snarky Mark. You can follow him at Justin zero nine two zero underscore as from Shreveport. He said, "I honestly thought." Hogan was there to help Heenan until uh, my bad here. He says, I honestly thought Hogan was there to help until Heenan blew the surprise, but I really hoped the third man would be the Yete. Does that work for you? The Yete? Third, well, obviously you can't have him be the Yete. You got to dress him up a little bit differently, but. Well, that's what snarky Mark's open for. Right, and he was uh, wasn't like gimmick Yete? Yete? Yeah, well, Yete wasn't that actually? I think before he was Yete, I think he went as Ron Stud. He was in uh, the flock, wasn't he? Afterwards, yeah. As, later as on, as as Reese, Reese yeah. yeah, giant guy. I don't. I mean, that would have been probably worse than. I that mean, would have been worse than Mabel. <laughs> I think Mabel's a better call than than the Yete. I agree. I mean, Snarky Mark, thanks for. Thanks for chiming in. We appreciate your support, but that Absolutely. that may have been the move that would have killed everybody, <laughs> <laughs> like buried literally, literally with the Yeti. Yeah, it would have been uh, it would have been hilarious. It would have been <laughs> and that would have been such a tough thing to try and like come back from. It would have been hilarious. You're I mean, taking like a virtually unknown, unless you actually have him come down as imagine him coming down as, as the Yeti. <laughs> Oh, man. The Yeti has betrayed WCW. Uh, the next one is uh, from our friends over at the Run-In Podcast. You can follow them at Run-In Podcast. They simply responded by sending us a gif of Doink. Doink the Clown. I've been pretty outspoken for my love of Doink. Great character. I don't think you can use Doink because that's owned by WWF, obviously. Is there a different clown name you could use and have? I okay. think... Uh, oh, go ahead. You, you oh. got a thought. Okay, there there might be some... I, so far, I'm giving Doink the clown the, the, the front-runner position over King Mabel and Diete. Hmm. And here's why. All right, you can't use the Doink name. Hall and Nash couldn't use the Razor Diesel names. So you're you just going to have it be Matt Bourne? You're going to be the clown Matt Bourne? Do you think the, the Federation has the... Uh, because you still know it's Doink, you know what I mean? Do you think yeah. that, that likeness they have, the that clown makeup, that's kind of a generic clown get-up? Oh, boy. That's I mean, a it's point. a stretch, but I'm... I'm it's, it's a like, stretch. It's like we know who this guy is, right? Right. But we don't um, know why he's there. <laughs> again, this would be hilarious. <laughs> but um, 
not a strong pick, but I like it better than the first two. Okay. All right. Uh, we got Andrew Evanson. You can follow him at Andrew Evanson. He's out of Madison, Wisconsin. He says, if Ultimate Warrior had his contract terminated a month sooner, he could have been the third man. How do you think about an Ultimate Warrior third man? And do you have him as face paint? Like, I don't think you're going to have him be the Warrior show up as the third man, have him be face paint and tassels, right? I could cut his hair short. Shit, I didn't even, I wasn't thinking the Warrior. Right. But I think the Warrior might have worked. You think so? Okay. Um, he fits the, just because he fits the, the position, yeah. if you will, uh, arguably a bigger star than Razor and Diesel. I think you can make the argument. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess wouldn't have, uh, it would have made sense because okay. he would be taking the same route, right? Because he had made his comeback at WrestleMania. 12. 12. Yeah. And he was gone not long. I mean, it was a very short run. And that's the thing. Like, you can't trust him with any amount of time in a run. So you're going to trust him being the third man. And this what's going to be like, you know, your giant angle. That would have made sense, though, right? Him disappearing from television and showing up on WCW. Yeah. I do think you got to, you got to tweak it. I don't think you can have him face paint and long hair and tassels, though. Like, you absolutely have to tweak his look. Yeah, his look was such a big part of his deal. Right. But you tweak Razor and you tweak Diesel. Right. Could have been done. Could have been done. Do you take the face paint and the tassels off? Do you replace them? Do you replace them with, uh, you know, something? What are you What are you doing with the warrior here? I think I think I'm cutting his hair short. Right. Maybe like a uh, crew cut type of a look. I'm definitely getting rid of his face paint. I think that he can still have, uh, well, see, that's the, like, didn't he, his name was actually changed to warrior at that point too. Yeah. He could have been warrior. He could have been warrior, but that's a little too gimmicky for what they were doing with the NWO. And his Hall and Nash, they're, they're so, so recognizable, right? Yeah. You're going to yeah. recognize a clean cut warrior without his tassels and whatnot. So maybe not initially, but I think once you do recognize and realize who it is, it's one of those holy shit, that's him moments. Mm. Right. Yeah, I think it would have worked. You you taken you, you like Doink or you like Warrior best so far? Mm, boy. I like Doink, but I think for this specifically, I think I, I think Warrior's probably a better pick. Yeah, I think that I think they could have made that work. Yeah. Um Warrior would have ruined it, undoubtedly. Yeah. But uh, next one up, we got uh, David Owens. Could follow him at capital D R O W E N S 901. And he is from Arkansas. And he simply sent me the gif of King Mabel. So we've already touched on Mabel, but. One of the, uh, the, <laughs> the reactions to this tweet that actually made me laugh quite a bit was, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to crush this guy's last name. There's no way I'm going to go with, uh, John Eichenlob. And, uh, you can follow him at a shot of vitamin E and his response to the, 
the David Owens uh, King Mabel gif was simply a statement saying there would be, or he says, a visceral reaction, to say the least. <laughs> so, so. <laughs> That's a good that take. Was, that was, uh, was a pretty good take, so we'll move right along as we've already discussed the King Mabel. Next, we got Henry Wiener. And uh, you could follow him at Henry M-R-W-F-R-I-O-T. And it looks like he is uh, from Maryland. Henry says, I always thought it would be Luger. It would have made sense being he was with it within a year of being an ex-WWF guy. Sting would make no sense. Hogan was perfect. Not, I mean. Luger would have made sense too, especially with the way the match went down. I So, yes. We'll get some more speculation on that when we talk about the match here. Right, but I think that. But Luger was always a WC. He's more recognizable as a WCW guy than he ever was as a WWF guy, in my opinion. If you think about it, you know, all three of these guys, um, they they kind of followed a similar type of career trajectory, right? So that would have kind of made sense, I guess. You know, yeah, I didn't think about that. You're kind of well, going no. back and forth between the companies. No, because they, they, they were all in the uh, they were all in the federation in the that first season that we talked about right but i so wcw lifted lex luger up and did not do that for nash or hall nash and hall went to wwf they became stars and now they came back to wcw so it's kind of reverse because wcw lifted right up yeah 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 luger was a bigger star in wcw for sure right i was i was thinking that that would you know that would have made sense. That mm-hmm. I, I agree with uh, the old Henry there. Next one we got is from Kevin E. We go with Gamble. Uh, you can follow him at almost D R K E G. Uh, he's over a, a friend from Michigan here. He says, "I thought it would be Bret Hart since he had lost to HBK and hadn't been on TV since Mania 12." Yeah. Is that? I, I think that's I the think best. That skyrockets to the top of the list there. Right. I think it blows right past King Mabel, Doink, Warrior, Yeti. Luger, all of Yete. Can't forget about Yete. Yeah, I think that would have been. I think that would have made the whole thing that much more believable that, like, WWF guys were showing up to take over, because mm. Bret Hart was WWF through and through. So I, I right. like that. And I think it works. I think that one works perfectly. You know, like, like I said, taking a little trip down memory lane here. Uh, when we were kids and this was going on. You see, you see razor defecting diesel defecting, mm-hmm. you know, uh, these stars of their new generation. You would, you know, it, it's only natural to speculate that guys like HBK or Bret Hart or right undertaker somebody you know because they're just the big knockers are coming you know yeah uh confusing confusing time you know very 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 exciting Uh, next one up we have is uh frets the pessimistic leafs fan bolts in eight and you can follow him at fretzel mania Friend from north of the border, Ontario. He says, besides the obvious choice, Mabel, Sting was a strong choice and allegedly Bret Hart too. So obviously we've uh, we've touched on all of those, and I think Bret Hart is the, the best. I mean, we got three votes for Mabel, though. 
Yeah. He's got the lead. <laughs> we got another uh, hilarious scenario. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, say we give it to King Mabel, and he's King Mabel. Yeah. You remember how he came out to the ring? Yeah. With the, you know, on the throne? Yeah. That would have been hilarious. <laughs> you have the- <laughs> it would have been terrible, but it would have been hilarious. Oh, like have the entire, like have the actual throne be with yeah, guys he's, and all that. Oh, he's, yeah. he's got guys bringing him out there. Yeah, that wouldn't have been, that would have been great. <laughs> Next, we got, uh, we got Derek Stark. And you can follow him at Derek Stark, main man from Minnesota here. He said, honestly, me and a few friends thought it was going to be Sting. Really? Yeah. Does Sting make any sense to you? Not really. Not from the way that it was like WWF guys coming up. But to have one guy that has always been a WCW guy turn would have been interesting but i don't i don't again you have to get rid of his face paint and like in my opinion like if you're gonna take sting i think you gotta you gotta tweak his look again maybe even make him steve steve (laughs) steve (laughs) well i guess we'll never know uh, next one up here, we got uh, from our friends over at uh, Jaded Wrestling. Oh, hey guys! Hey guys! Thanks for uh, tuning in. They uh, they sent us a gift of the Shockmaster. <laughs> Part of me thinks they're just being jerks. <laughs> There's no way Shockmaster is the third man. We talking helmet Shockmaster? We going tugboat? What are we doing That's, here? They sent us helmet. The Shockmaster. It's falling on the floor. Shockmaster is what they sent us. Um. Well, you know, it work. Man. Shock. I'm trying to make it work. Okay, make okay, it work. Okay, so the the Shockmaster. He's not too far removed from WCW. Yeah, he is, isn't he? A few years, right? I. I mean. His last run was in WCW. He never went back to WWF after Tugboat. Mm. He went to WCW as Shockmaster. Right. His old un- Uncle Fred. Uncle Fred. And then he and then he kind of just kind of you know faded out, faded away. Huh. That was kind of a career killer. Yeah. Bad it call, was. guys. Shockmaster <laughs> ain't gonna work. <laughs> uh, next up, we got uh, Pop Culture Junkie. You can follow him at Pop Culture Junk. Two, he said, felt for sure it was Brett seeing how things went down at WrestleMania 12, and he seemed like a legit, and it seemed like a legit shoot how angry Brett was at the result. Strangest rumor he heard, and I actually, I kind of love this, Shane Douglas. The franchise? The franchise. The Dean machine? The Dean machine. And one of the reasons why I love it was years before this, he threw the NWA title down. Right. You know, I kind of did a whole shitting on tradition thing. Mm -hmm. And by him showing up with the outsiders to form this new, you know, this new super group, I actually, I don't mind that. And I do think it does. 
so obviously Shane Douglas is a different type of star, but I do think that you can call him a star. Now he's not, he's not on your level of warrior and he's not on your level of stinger, or, you know, Brett, obviously, but I do think that this works. I think so too. I think with, with, with some help from the announce team providing context mm-hmm. in there, you know, because WCW was the carrier of that NWA title for a long time. Yeah. And it's kind of floating in obscurity at this time, mm-hmm. but that could have definitely been brought back, you know, in some sort of a, some sort of a context. And he just, you know, Dean had recently had his, or Shane had recently had his, his short stint as Dean in the Federation right. would have made sense. He didn't yeah. last. He didn't last very long in the WWF, if I remember uh, correctly. Just maybe, year, maybe, maybe two. Yeah, it was. It was a short run. So I actually, I think that's that's one of my favorites. Is is Dean Douglas? I like that too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Al Day, <laughs> son of a bitch. Uh, Al Day, you can follow him at Redbeard Pirate One. He's, he's how you one, doing, Al? He's one of the best guys out there. I love Al. Uh, he says, I "Always heard it was going to be Davy Boy." British Bulldog, huh? Yeah. Do you think he come? What do you think they call him? Dave Smith? Well, he was in WCW. He was Davy Boy Smith. I think they even called him the Bulldog. Yeah, he must have had. It must have had ownership over his. Uh, it's kind of a rare occasion where he had, had ownership over that character. I guess it makes sense. I mean, he's another one of these guys that we've been talking about that was kind of in. He'd been in the Federation, mm-hmm. and I don't know if his contract would run out or if he's just written off or or what. He'd been teaming with Owen, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They were they were a real good tag tag team. I'm not sure if he's on the active roster at this time. Um, <coughs> I was just thinking. Like, I know that Mania. It wasn't a, it wasn't a six man tag. It was probably them and like Yoko against three faces if it was a six man right yeah the the corner team i think it was them and vader versus who is it like yoko savio your guy i I can't remember exactly who it was but yeah it was uh i think they were in a six-man tag at 12 which i think is the closest wwe event to this i don't know off the top of my head i'd have to actually you know look up to but out of the big shows yeah wwf had they had their in your houses going but their their big shows were spaced quite a bit apart after you got to mania because mania happens in april then you got SummerSlam in august right you know so what do you think of the bulldog as a pick i don't think he's got enough character to pull it off but he you know he could have surprised us he's got he's got star power i think that he works good enough on the i think works good enough on the stick the only problem is that like you don't really his character doesn't ever change whether he's working heel or face and i think that's that's the problem because if he is going to come down and be the third man i i do in my mind i think there has to be some type of tweak to the character and whether he's working heel or face there's not really much tweaking you can do so where you rank him in our list of contenders here i think he's ahead of mabel doink yete 
I don't think he quite hits the Shane Douglas, Bret Hart area. I would actually prefer Bulldog over Warrior, though, because I don't trust Warrior to be around long term enough for the storyline to play out. So I do think Bulldog will be a better situation than Warrior. Yeah, I'd put him in the in the middle of the pack there. Yeah. They could have made it work. Yeah. I th- I think though if I think if the Bulldog was the guy or if, you know, I mean, Hitman, there's a few guys at the top of the list here that, that would have been able to carry it themselves. But if it was Bulldog, I think they would have needed to continue to bring in new talent to or talent from the Federation to sustain right. the invasion yeah. thing because Hogan was just the perfect choice because yeah. he was already there. Yeah. You know, this is a, we're going to, you know, we're going to take this thing down from, from within type of deal. Um, so the next one here is, is interesting. It is from six star Jeff TR and you can follow him at Jeffrey Willis friend of ours from Windsor. The, uh, there in Canada, the great white North. He says, I honestly thought there was no third person. They were just making it up to scare everyone, especially when they came down to the ring with just the two of them. Hmm. I had never heard that theory before, but like they just build it up to scare everybody. No third man. Well, you have to have the reveal at some point, right? I would think so. I mean, WCW is the king of the letdowns. The yeah, the <laughs> shitty television at this time. Right. Stuff that doesn't make sense. Right. <laughs> but... No, I I had never heard or thought that before so i thought that was pretty interesting no third man yeah i mean it's hard to look at it objectively right now as if we hadn't seen it right the match i mean it's basically a tag match yeah you know uh it's just i I, I mean, think they had they had to have some sort of a payoff. I mean, what else right. are you going to do? Like have the whole roster chase the outsiders out to end <laughs> <Right>. the show? <laughs> right. I mean, that's the only other thing you could go with, really. Yeah. For, uh, which I I could see something like that, maybe. Yeah. You know. And then they come back. Right. Yeah. I. Yeah. Interesting take, though. Yeah. Next one is from uh, Michael Draven, and you can follow him at official underscore dregs that's d-r-e-g-s he says i thought it was savage oh yeah savage is a turn he's one of the uh first couple few that joined the fray so that's uh it savage could have made it work yeah and he hadn't been in wcw for too long to this point maybe a year just over a year so i think I think that works just fine. Yeah, he could have filled the same role that Hogan did, essentially. Just uh, uh, obviously, he's a different character, right, <laughs> but yeah, you know, yeah. he could. He's the same kind of a. Uh, we never got to see Sav- Savage was a loner, really, for the most yeah. part. Yeah. He had his lady, but um, 
And I think maybe at the tail end of it was, did he ever had a tape, had a stable at the ta- tail end of his WCW run? Or was it always just him and babes? Uh, well, obviously he was in NWO, but he also had that. I don't know if, boy, remember when he had like gorgeous George and miss madness. I don't know if there's anybody yeah. else part of that group, but I, I just, my memory is not all there, but yeah, there was kind of like a stable around him at that point. I like, I like, yeah, I like savage. I, I would have, that would have made more sense to me than sting. Yes. Um, and Sa- savage, like I said, such a strong character. I think it would have worked. So yeah. I like, I like that take next one up. We got, uh, from my good buddy, high five, Tom, also known as Milwaukee, Tom. He says, I remember me and the boys after an intense afternoon of basketball, sitting on the lawn, getting our Gatorade on and discussing when Hogan's name came up, we were all like, no fucking way. And we, and he would be booed out of the building and well, <laughs> so oh high five just kind of hits it right on the head. Yeah, man. I, I don't, I, I don't recall if we, if we had, if Hogan had even really crossed my radar as, uh, as that guy. Yeah. Um, the fucking... that, that element of surprise, man. Right. He, he had been off of TV for a couple of months. Quite a while. Did you, uh, did you have any, uh, like I said, we're taking the time machine back 25, 26 years, but did you have, you know, any sort of a thought that that might be a possibility? No, not, uh, not, I, not I, that I remember. I'd kind of forgotten about Hogan at that point because mm-hmm. he was, he, he, you know, that angle was used up, you know, and it was, it was time to, uh, I mean, he, it, I've, I've enjoyed watching like Hogan is, is entertaining. Yes. Um, I've enjoyed watching his, his work in this season we've been doing. Yeah, but it a lot of it, it like it's not to say that it's like great stuff <laughs> it's just it's the hulkster it's very entertaining you know right, right. we've 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 uh made a we've started counting the amount of times he says brother in <laughs> in his interviews yeah. you know? uh but yeah it, it wasn't it wasn't as it, it totally caught me off guard Next, everybody uh, else. Next up here, we got our friends over there, the Brain Buster Boys. You can follow them at Brain Buster Boys. They said, I was almost certain it was going to be the Yeti with the hug of death. <laughs> so got got another Yeti. Another Yeti is a lot more popular of a of a of a uh, uh, <laughs> possibility, I guess, that uh, than I than I thought it would be. We've uh, we've discussed the Yeti at length here. Uh, Mike Spear. Next I mean up. The, the Yeti. He was a uh, he. You know he was around recently, right? But the fucking Yeti's not going to work. Right? <laughs> Again, if he was if he was like when he wrestled as I, I believe he wrestled as Ron Stud and as Ron Stud, right? Right. Maybe he's a new guy, and you're like we're putting him with the we're going to get the wind behind this guy and see what happens. But that's still it's not going to it's not going to. No, yeah, I'm. I, I can't. I can't go back on my earlier take that that might have killed the company. All right. Uh, next up, we got Mike Spear Jr. You can follow him at 
Mike Spear Jr., the uh, creator of the CWL comic books. I believe that they're available on Amazon now. Just look up CWL. Really great book. Uh, Mike says, I heard no rumors, but did have an inkling it was Hogan because he hadn't been on TV. All this going on, and I was and on, and he was nowhere to be found. I watched it scrambled on the pay per view channel. Still didn't believe it until I heard it. Tell these people to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> He's right, man. He's, yeah, it makes total sense, obviously, and and it it in hindsight because I. I did a little bit of a dive on this and I guess the the WCW team was was supposedly chosen at random or whatever and I guess Hulkster's name was one of the one of the six guys in the in the mix or whatever. Oh, they did like a like a Tumblr like drawing. A drawing or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yep. So they probably just did that to maybe, you know, uh, maybe th- throw it off a little bit, but it, it, you know, Hogan was the perfect choice. Um, and it's, but I like, I like the angle that Mike takes with it too. Like these guys are showing up, all this shit's going on and Hogan's just nowhere to be found. Cause he was, he was absolutely nowhere to be found. And yeah. And this, if, if you've, uh, you know, if you've been following the season here, when Hogan is there, he is the star of the show. There's been a few shows that we've done that that he hasn't been there. Right. But when, when he's there, he is, uh, you know, he's always in the title picture, you know, yep. main event, whatnot. It, it was extremely odd that he was nowhere to be found. Yeah, you... You I mean, even was, when, when he wasn't in Starcade, they had written him off as like, oh, he's been suspended for beating up referees, you know, or they given some sort of a explanation for him being off air. Right. And here he's just gone and they haven't really explained to us why he's yeah, why he's gone. Do you think that was on WCW's part that was a conscious effort to not like not to mention him, not to because I don't remember them really saying shit about hogan during this time period on a nitro on a worldwide on you know there you just didn't hear anything about him but do you think that was a conscious effort on their part to almost like sweep hogan under the rug so nobody thought of him as a possibility kind of like double down on that like i oh, don't just forget about him that makes sense i don't know how how far in advance they planned this out but it had to have been at least a month or so because they're Great American Bash, I don't recall any mention of Hogan. And what was the what was the event right before Great American Bash? I think it was uncensored. Was it? No, uncensored? it was Slamboree or uncensored. Slamboree. Slamboree, right. Yeah. There's no Hogan there. Last time we seen him was in the cage, I think. Wow. So he's been out, he's been gone for a good because those those pay per views were back to back months either from what I remember. Yeah, we're talking un, uh, uncensored. I think was in March or April, and then this event's beginning of July, so a few months there. Yeah, 
But the, the intriguing thing about this whole deal is this is before this is 96. This is before I had internet in my house, you know, this is all just kind of speculation these days. It would be, you can't pull something like this off. You know, when right. somebody's switching teams, right. You this know, back, back in the days where you could, you could, you could just start barely getting online in the schools and they would, they would tell you, they give you the disclaimer. You can look up whitehouse.gov, but if you look up whitehouse.com, you're going to be in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so it was a different, different time you're living in. That's for sure. It's, you know, even like Cody Rhodes showing up at WrestleMania, I, had assumed that was was what was going to happen that's what a lot of folks were speculating was going to happen so nowadays when i'm when i'm watching wrestling if i really want to enjoy the wrestling and get you know get into the storylines i will resist the urge sometimes to read the dirt sheets right stay away from it yeah because you know there's a lot always speculation when when somebody switched teams or big angles happening Mm-hmm. and somebody's going to be right you know right. yeah um but uh so we got yeah. we got a couple we got a couple got more, more? Here. oh yeah we got a couple more here uh pff, referee extraordinaire rob page rob page follow, rob page you can follow him rob page <laughs> you can follow him at referee rob page uh, fantastic referee in, in Minnesota I, for, for years and years and years. I, I, uh, I love you, Rob Page. I love, <laughs> I love cheering against you out there. <laughs> Always. Uh, he says, me and a few pals thought Bret Hart, which I think we've already we've already discussed Bret Hart here. We got another one in the Bret Hart bucket. Uh, yeah, good take. We got uh, Clark Feldman. Clark! Clark! You can follow him at ref clark feldman i can also follow him he does a twitch stream as well um let's see here i don't have his twitch stream up in front of me anyways just look him up clark feldman super good guy great referee he says didn't have dirt sheets as a kid but my group thought it would be luger or hbk luger we discussed a little bit hbk I mean, he was running hot with the world title at that time in WWF, so that would be a major detour, a major swerve to try and pull that off. Anything was possible, really, in, yeah. this, in this world of, like we were talking about, the mm-hmm. you, it's happened before. Flair yeah. came over with the belt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you that's know? true. There, we were far away from dirt sheets back then when that happened, but had, I had a, had a Lunder Blaze come over yet, or was that still to come? I believe that was it was right around this time, but boy, it was right around this time. I don't, I don't recall off the top of my head. Part of me wants to say that the NWO hadn't been yet, but I'm I'm not positive. Let's see, moving moving right along here. We got uh, Billy Gun Gun Sitcom, one of my favorite accounts on Twitter. You could follow him at Billy Gun Sitcom. He does fantastic thing. Makes me laugh on almost a daily basis. Says, I thought it was going to be Lex Luger after he got attacked by Sting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in the context of the match, that would have made sense. It would have made great sense, yeah, within the context of the match. I, 
I, I'm okay with that. Uh, next one we got a gentleman that goes by I ain't got no name. <laughs> you can follow him at at E S C P D F R M R L T Y Eskidafermolti. I I I no idea what he says. The story that Bischoff talked about, Mabel being the third man, would have been a fart in church. We've talked yeah. about Mabel. He's pretty yeah, much, a fart, that, pretty that, much that, a fart in church there. That would have been a bad call. Next one up is uh, the Too Old for This Shit podcast. You can follow them at Tots Pod. Says, has no one said the Jai? <laughs> I don't think Jai works. You don't think so? I don't think so. I don't think Jai works at all. He was the fourth man. Oh, was he really the fourth man? Yeah. Uh, my timeline's all screwed up then. So maybe he did work. Maybe he would have worked. He he was the fourth. No way. Look I, thought up, DB, I thought DiBiase was the fourth man. Jai was the look fifth. It up. It was right six was the, the sixth. But he yeah. was he was in the NW. He was the next wrestler that was in the, the NW after this. Okay, all right. Jack I mean, Jai. I mean, he's the champion. Boy, that's not a Could've bad take. Yeah. Uh, next up, we got the Shining Wizards podcast. You can follow them at Wizards Podcast. Love those guys over there. They said. No idea. Dirt sheets for me. No dirt sheets for me back then. It was exciting. What a time to be alive, which is a great point. I agree. Great point. I agree. I'm, I'm privileged to have been mm-hmm. alive and a wrestling fan to, you know, it was very exciting. The wrestling fans today will never know what that's like not to have any idea. Like it's just, it's, right. it's unfortunate for them. Next up, we got uh, ISO Toys at Toys ISO. Good friend of the show, Manny. He says, I don't really remember any rumors of the time. The internet was barely a thing, and I wasn't going to pay $4.99 a minute to hear backstage rumors. (laughs) I remember thinking that it might be at uh, X-Pac since he was a member of the Click. Does Pac work? I guess it could work. Shows up it, as Sean Walt. It'd be another would, guy. Yeah, I would. I him showing up as Sean Waltman with the connections that he already had to Scott Hall. Like I think I have him be Sean Waltman. I don't think I have him be anything but Sean Waltman. Obviously, he comes along a little bit later as six. You know, the sixth man. But yeah, I think that him as I think him as Sean Waltman's okay. It doesn't. So Sean Waltman's star power is uh, can be argued but he's definitely a noticeable guy. Like, you know, exactly who he is when you see him, there would have been, and it, I don't know. I think, I think it works. I would, I would have been okay with it too. Yeah. I think it works too. It's an interesting choice, but it, it would have worked because like you said, he's a, you know who he is. Right. Um, he jumped ship a couple times during this, this, these few years and always no, got just, a huge, Always got a huge pop when he did. It was just the one. Well, he came. He came and went. Oh, he went. He went back. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Both, gotcha. both times he showed up, we knew who right. he was. Right. You know? Yeah. He yep. was a fantastic wrestler. You know that would have boosted him above what he ever ended up uh, 
achieving, you know? Um, yeah, that would have definitely added quite a bit of power to his star power. So I think he just, I don't know if he ever really, if he ever had a major title, a cruiserweight title. Cruiserweight title. I mean, I'm sure he, he was uh, IC title, tag title. He never had a world, but he he was always, you know. He had he the always, talent to do it. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a good take. Next up, this is the last one we got. It is from friend of the show, Ted, the Hillbilly Heel. Uh, he's got a really good uh, podcast, too, called The Heel Truth. Uh, you can follow him at Hillbilly Heel. He said, heard Savage or HBK. Years later, heard Mabel, but Bischoff shot that down. Last rumor was it was just going to be a manager, also known as J.J. Rogue. <laughs> <laughs> what, do you th- what, what do you think about being the third man? I think if you trot a third man down there that's a manager, I think you shoot yourself in the foot. I think if you bring a third man in with a manager, I think it works, especially if that manager is J.J. Rogue. Yeah, man, I'm blown away by the by the uh, responses. Thanks, everybody, for, for giving us your takes. Yeah, big time thanks. I think my favorite is probably Shane Douglas. I got a few that were overlooked um, that I'd like to throw at you. Yeah. And then I'll kind of give you my top few. All right. The Undertaker. Okay. I think that would have that would have worked. Undertaker will work anywhere he goes. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Rowdy Rowdy Piper. Boy, that would have been disappointing. You think so? I think so. Why? Do, I think that would have worked. Why? Why? What? Where are you coming from here, player? So, Piper has be, had been a face for so long to that point. Bringing him back as a heel, I I love Piper. Piper can do anything he wants. He began as a heel. He did begin and he, a hell of a heel, top heel, great heel. Yeah. But I I don't know that bringing him in as a as a heel with this group necessarily fits. And plus he comes and goes. He never really had more than a cup of coffee after his first, first like big run in WWF. He just kind of came and went. Uh, so that's, that's another thing. I don't, it would, it would it work. Yes. Because Piper would have made it work, but I just visually, I don't see, I don't see a connector. Plus Piper, a little bit smaller of a guy doesn't have the same physique some of the other men that we we mentioned so i don't you know, it just doesn't in my mind i guess it doesn't fit all right you got any uh any dark horses that we haven't covered boy we got a pretty good crop of candidates here i think yeah a real good a real good group i think boy a guy like bam bam bigelow I like Bam Bam Bigelow might work out. He's a recognizable character. He had highlighted or headlined WrestleMania mm-hmm. a couple of years prior. Yeah. I outside of that, not not especially. I I really like the I like the Shane Douglas pick because Shane Douglas already shit on like tradition, and that's what NWO was all about. And mm. he is he's already done that in ECW now. Was it was his move in ECW where he threw the belt down and all that as widely recognized? 
I mean, probably, I mean, not everybody knew what was going on in ECW at that time. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe not, but I I think that that's, that's, that's a really, that's an underrated potential pick that, you know, that would have been, I I think it would have been pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I think with, with a lot of help from the, the, the guys in the booth Mm -hmm. providing context, um, that could have worked for sure. Uh, just throwing them out there. You'd have to be kind of a smart wrestling fan, but they would, you know, they'd go, he'd, he'd get on the mic and he, he was a good angry heel. Right. Um, other, guy, other guy that if I know he was, I believe he was doing a lot of work with WWF at this time, but Sid. Sid. Yeah. Another big man. Sid would have worked. Um, mm-hmm. those, crazy those crazy the, big the, man. Yeah. Right. The first guy, you know, first couple that kind of comes to mind that I think probably would have been okay. Oh, I think they made the right choice, but yeah, <laughs> I'd say, yeah, my top few. Mm, I said, I do like, I do like that savage pick. Um, it's kind of a wild card that I hadn't thought of until our, our, our buddy from the Twitter chimed in. Yeah. Um, again, probably Bret Hart would have made the most sense. Um, you know, Luger, I think Warrior could have worked. Mm-hmm. So those are, you know, and these are all huge stars that we're talking about. Right, right. That's what this, I mean, look who's in the match. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> here's, our, here's our five biggest guys, except for Flair. Flair wasn't in there, but no. What do you think about Flair? <sighs> Nobody, that would have been even more of a wild card than Hogan. That would have been, that would have, boy, that would have changed everything. Because then obviously you don't have the four horsemen anymore. Right. Well, unless, I, you, unless you brought them along. That's really, really shaking things up. Right. But then you're going to have the four horsemen turn into the NWO. That doesn't really. Four horsemen is also another one of those, you know, big time tradition type, type of stables. But mm. I, it's one of those things where would it work? Yeah, because flair works. But I don't think that I like it. Mm. Yeah. Big All time. Right. Thank you to everybody out there on Twitter taking, uh, being part of it it was that was uh that was a lot of fun to kind of go down and see what uh what people remember hearing and even the uh the the, the yetes and the doinks <laughs> yeah yeah it was it, i mean i think i think king mabel got the most responses yeah but yeah thanks everybody for for giving us your your memories and your you know picks of who the third man could be so the so should we get to the match? I think we should probably get to the match. Find out who the third man is. All right. So what what do you suppose Gene and Stagger Lee were talking about on the hotline? Did At you ever time? call the hotline? I mean, I I imagine that thing was blowing up because that's got to be the only yeah. way you're going to get a scoop on this. I, not a hotline guy. I might If they had a hotline today, I might. Like, I might call it up just to see what they're talking about. Do you think that they, at the time, they were, um, I'm sure they were planting seeds when people would call in about who it might be. 
you know, I could have swore that we just, one of the hotline commercials that we saw in one of the prior episodes, or maybe it was on Nitro that I was watching, was talking about a former world champion uh, retiring to move to Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Sounds like it might be Hogan, right? <laughs> like, I think maybe right. they were really steering people away from the possibility of it being Hogan. So Michael Buffer comes out, gets us ready to rumble. We get the outsiders. They come out, and there's just two. Where's the third guy? <laughs> hey, he's here, and he's ready. <laughs> <laughs> so Hall and Nash have obviously adopted the name, the outsiders. They got that mm-hmm. on their trunks. They're not, they, they don't mention their names until about halfway through this thing. But they get into the ring. There's only two of them. The announced team is having a fit. And Mean Gene hits the ring. It's kind of a risky move for Mean Gene, considering how, you know, last time they, you know, last time an announcer was at a stick in front of him, he got the business. That would have been fucking perfect if Mean Gene got in the ring and he was like, you know, talks about how, where's the third man? And if Nash just powerbombed Gene. That, that had to be a thought. It might. <laughs> the place might have gone nuclear if that happened. <laughs> you take out Mean Gene. Yeah. Oh, man. He's he's the voice. He's the man. Stretcher Gene out? Yes. I think that would have been. I think cool. convincing convincing Gene to do it would have been a task, but I, th- I think it would have been awesome to see. So Big Sexy and the bad guy tell Gene that, uh, yeah, they got the third man here, but they got enough to cover it. So I'm pretty cocky about the, their ability to take on WCW's finest. And then we get the man called Sting. He's a man called Sting. He's a man called Sting. A man called Sting. Team WCW comes out. We got Luger, Savage, and the Stinger. They all got the face paint, sign of solidarity. I think Savage looks all right with the face paint. Luger looks pretty fucking weird. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> <laughs> So, this is supposed to be a six-man tag, right? Yeah. It's pretty much a handicap match, though. When it starts. It starts. But, I mean, it's just a, it's an all-out melee when it starts. So, everybody in this, everybody in this thing, except for Sting, has been featured in our prior series. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> Just translating the notes here. Like I said, we got a lot of lot of footage here. I'm going to add it through. So, this thing, yeah, it starts with the melee, basically. Sting hits a splash real early in the match. Um, nails Luger. Luger gets bumped. So, uh, this spot is taking a lot of shit, right? It's because, not a good bump. Thing. Because Luger has taken stinger splashes. For, but there is a difference. There is a difference. Because okay. Nash is holding Luger kind of over the top of the turnbuckle. And so when Stinger does splash him down, he sells his neck. So it it's not like just like he takes a regular stinger splash, right? Right. But 
when he is boarded out and I'm guessing that when they're in their, you know, their production meeting and they're like, well, one guy has got to go down. I bet Luger was just chomping at the bit for an early night. He's like, yeah, that'll be me. I'll, I'll take, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> so Luger Luger's basically dead on the outside. His teammates are attending to him. They flagged down the, uh, they threw up the X's or made some sort of signal to get the, get the body get, board, get the body board. Yeah. And Sting and Savage and the Outsiders have a nice little tag team match. It or, is. It's it's a good it's a good match. It's exciting. Enjoy it is it. a good it is a good match. I, I was going to say, did you notice it seemed having those two guys working in a WCW ring after working in a WWF ring for as long as they did? Did it? It kind of felt like there was an adjustment. Right? And I'm sure that they probably did some work inside of a WCW size ring. But the WWF ring is bigger. It's a larger ring. So it seemed at different times they uh, maybe had forgotten the size. Like still had, thought they had like two extra steps when they didn't. Like there was a there's different times throughout the, the match where their motions led me to believe they're like, oh, yeah, that's, that's right. Smaller ring. Smaller ring. Hmm. Well, what is the size difference? I believe the WWF ring is 20 by... 20 by 20 it's a square square and circle. then i believe that the wcw ring is 16 by 16 really so that's a considerable difference yeah especially for a big guy i suppose yeah yep. um they take up a lot of space in there obviously mm-hmm. uh, but hall and nash are a well-oiled machine though yes um not known for being tag team guys before this they're standout singles wrestlers but as as a tag team they they are a force to be reckoned with. They got a, a couple of kind of kind of cool spots where they do the abdominal stretch and um, never thought that I would be giving props to an abdominal stretch spot. But <laughs> <laughs> um, they're just working the stinger over and uh, they, you know, grab the hand to get the leverage and then they do a tag and then the other guy does it. It's kind of showing off the power of them, I guess. Right. Um right. You know, we get we get the the classic spots, the big side suplex, the fall away slam from Holland Ash. But how about the where fucking Savage took an elbow drop like as he was it looked like he went to move. Oh he took it he took it like right on the back of his head neck area. Yeah, he was so Savage Savage is moving out of the way of a big sexy elbow. He didn't get out of the way in time. Yeah. Or or there was a miscommunication and sexy thought he was supposed to deliver the elbow and did you find dusty to be a little much on commentary in this match he was he was awfully excited every time he said who be bad now i wanted to punch myself right in the fucking nuts he said it so many times like it was like who be bad now boys who be bad now and i was like okay i get it dusty i get it dusty who be bad now but he kept on, and I just, I really, I, I actually had to, I had to tie my hands down so I didn't punch myself in the dick. It's, it's around this time where they're, you know, they're continuing to speculate about who the third man is, and and Bobby the Brain says, you know, it could be anybody, it could be, could be somebody in the announced booth here. <laughs> what do you think of Dusty Rhodes as a third man? Is he way too over the hill to pull it off? Well, Dusty, I mean, he joined the NWO later on. 
He did. But, you... but as the initial third man, no. Just coming out the booth? <laughs> no, no. No? No. What about Savage tags in and Shivani, like Shivani yells after Savage gets tagged back in this after he already took the elbow drop. But Shivani goes, Savage is in it. He's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> so, like such a terrific spot for, for like, obviously he's just, he got the tag and he's just, you know, doing the clean, clean the house thing. But his Savage is in and he's nuts. <laughs> and then the, the team's really building up this whole, you know, this is WCW, you know, this is for our survival. Right. You know, and it's interesting to hear uh, an entire announced team on the same page, mm. you know, almost always you're going to have a uh, heel guy, you know, pulling for the bad guys and whatnot. It's just a totally different kind of vibe here. Yeah. Um, when Savage grabs a chair and the referee stops him and, and Shivani's flipping out about, you know, uh, uh, he, oh, when he grabbed he, that day, it was a fun of those fucking plastic chairs. I hate too. Yeah. He's like, no, let him, let him hit him. You know, the chair, you don't, you don't, hear the, <laughs> you don't hear the good guy right. announcer cheering on a chair shot. Right. Yep. Typically. So really breaking the mold here. Um, yeah, Savage in there with the head of steam. The Outsiders, like I said, this is a real good little tag match. Mm-hmm. The Outsiders kind of dominate the thing with a few yeah. few high spots by the uh, by the good guys. Then we get what I mean. What has to be the? Uh, it's got to be the 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 Nards plow of the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, get a double, like a, we get a double axe sort of uh it was an upwards double axe to the jennies it was an up it was a double axe right you know the double mm-hmm. axe you put oh, the yeah. fist together but he went upwards with it not downwards with it so it was a double axe hammer <laughs> double axe hammer right to the right to the right, right. to the old meat hammer right like that was yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't have a name for that. We got to come up with a name for that, but that is fan. Fuck dude, double ax hammer. Mm-hmm. Upward swinging double ax hammer right to the. Right to the, the ball bag, the jewels. The... He, st- he started deconstructing man land with that. <laughs> and this, this low blow also serves as the spot. Mm-hmm. That our third man was waiting for, and out comes the Hulkster. Everybody's surprised to see the Hulkster. There's, there's no, you know, there's no American-made plan, which was an no. u- interesting choice to have no music blasting. And the crowd was a little mixed when he started when he was walking down the aisle, and even when he first got in the ring, there were there was some booze and some cheers, so they were yeah. a little mixed. Yeah. yeah. Are you just confused, surprised? What do you, what do you? What's going through your head? Boy, that's hard to say. I think if you put me in the audience, just me personally, I think right away I'm trying to figure it out. If he is the third man, if he's there to be, you know, help. Because in the, you don't hear the announce team when you're watching this, right? And the announce team had made mention like, hey, there's guys back there. Let's send another guy down. Mm-hmm. So when the Hulkster starts walking down, not having the the commentary team set the stage for me. I might initially go, he must be the third guy. Mm-hmm. And I think the, I think the 
the music choice was kind of a kind of a tell there mm-hmm. not having because if he's if we're getting real american or american whatever he's using you know when you hear that it's you know the the hulkster's coming out and he's gonna he's gonna deliver the goods and vanquish right. the bad guy yeah um but yeah he just walks out there no music gets in the ring um we got well we got the american dream and shivani cheering the hulkster on go get him hulkster you know and uh the brain is giving a little bit of flack for kind of spoiling the 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 reveal he says oh well but whose side is he on right that's just I, he didn't know and he was not I, one of the guys that knew i've heard that yeah only really a handful of guys knew and and mm-hmm. uh he has always been anti-hulkster he's they've been right. rivals mm-hmm. um and hulkster's kind of been he's he's always had heelish heelish tendencies right uh the, but uh so hulkster hulkster arrives um the outsiders uh they they flee to the outside we got savage down on the inside and then the leg drop heard around the world he is the third man they count the one two three well he throws the referee out of the ring they count the hall counts the one two three and if you if you pay attention you can see security actually come out and position themselves around the ring so they might have had a good idea that shit could have really hit the fan yeah, it was it was mostly booze. There was some confused cheers. There was some cheers, yeah. Um, like I said, I wonder if it, I'm sure out of the eight thousand plus there, you know, somebody must have guessed that it was the Hulkster. But but still, yeah. I mean, uh, talk about a surprise. Um, Hogan had been absent, like we said, since uncensored, and they count their three, and then these guys just start getting pelted with everything with stuff and you mentioned the security we don't see them leave i imagine right. they were probably escorted out of there. <laughs> you know? yeah. um it's not on the version that's on the peacock but i remember seeing it i think they've cut out the you know the fan getting the boots yep yeah out of there but there's at least one fan who tried to get in there and, and mm. stop this travesty from happening <laughs> we got we got hulk hogan the red and yellow the the ultimate American hero, good guy of professional wrestling. The only heel, the only heel turn in the history, maybe a professional wrestling, certainly the only heel heel turn I can remember that was covered uh, by the local, the local evening news. But it was, it was such a big, it was such a huge deal. I mean, Randy Orton now turns face, heel, heel face. It's not covered by the, (laughs) right. Your channel five ain't picking that up. So it was it was it was a giant deal. The one part after the match that I thought was hilarious was uh obviously Hogan does cuts this big long, you know, promo about him and the new blood and and uh oh, these are the guys I want to hang out with and he's bored of WCW and Turner and all that other stuff and he says Eric Bischoff would still be selling meat in a truck <laughs> out of a truck in Minneapolis if it wasn't for him, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> that Eric Bischoff did do that. He was a meat salesman <laughs> years in ago. Minneapolis, so, yep. yep, yep. Down so the road I, here. Yeah, so I thought that was I thought that was very, very funny. Uh but it was the promo was fine. I the promo was great. The promo was great. One of the it, one of the legendary promos, and there's there's a lot of a lot of truth to what he was saying with his yeah. 
with his grievances. Mm-hmm. I mean, you talk about the Hulkster being on the news. If Hogan being bigger than wrestling is, you yeah. know, that's that's uh that's a valid claim, you know. Right. Like yeah. with no no other character, no other wrestling character is gonna demand um you know coverage on the news, uh the rock, but not related to a you know. Maybe, maybe if the rock, like when the rock eventually makes a comeback, that will probably, there'll probably be a bit on the news about that, but not something that's right. Not something that's like this, you know, the, the only thing that I could think of is potentially if Cena were to come back and actually work, say three, four year program. And maybe after year one, heel turned, I think maybe could, could garner that type of, uh, attention, but it, it's hard to say. It's hard. It was insane. It was yeah, I, I I love the Hogan heel promo. Yeah. <laughs> you know, all this crap in the ring represents all these fans. Mm-hmm. You know, telling the people to shut up, and it was just just uh, just a, a master class in a in a promo. It tells everybody to stick it. Mm-hmm. These are my guys. This is the New World Organization of Wrestling, brother. <laughs> um. Might be the best swerve ever, and um, you know this. That's why we picked this year to cover. So, yeah. be after the races now, man. It's gonna be. It's gonna be fun. This is the best card that we've covered. I I agree by a from large a rest, shot. From a wrestling standpoint, from an intrigue standpoint, from a storyline standpoint, this is uh, this could be WCW's uh, best pay per view. I mean, there was, I mean, that's not to say there wasn't stuff not to shit on because there was things to shit on, but the things to shit on were still pretty entertaining this this Mm -hmm. one. So best, best card that, uh, that we've covered as far as WCW goes. Yeah, I agree. And the, like I said, the kind of the, the blur in the lines between with, with not just, not just this final match, but, um, the card as a whole, not having many clear-cut faces mm-hmm. and heels yeah. uh very interesting you know that was kind of bischoff's mo at the time was i want to be different and this yeah. is definitely something different this Absolutely. is uh, something like nothing that we'd we'd seen before mm-hmm. um this is kind of the beginning of the the cool heel which yes. is or the the likable heel which is a contradiction <laughs> you know and some wrestling purists don't like this idea i listened to jr's take on this and he doesn't like the concept but this worked you know this is like kind of um and this is before degeneration x you know it could be argued that this this kind of planted the seed for that and any other sort of cool heel uh superstar faction that came after yeah uh this best thing that hogan could have done Uh, he went from being the, the most over beloved wrestler ever to being the most hated and the best at being hated. being hated you know yeah. um you could argue he's he may be the best heel ever um so yeah we're gonna yeah it's gonna be interesting for the rest of the year here uh with the see what's gonna happen the, the guys in the booth seem confused about their livelihood and you know what's gonna happen with the with the company mm-hmm. um yeah you got any 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 final takes boy it's a lot it's a lot this event is a lot to take in the main event is 
it's a pretty damn good tag match. Like, and then obviously the, the heel turn is just probably the best heel turn of all time. Uh, I don't know that I can think of anything else that even comes close to it for doing like bringing wrestling kind of back into like mainstream and getting mm-hmm. wrestling to kind of get kickstarted back into like being cool again. Uh, so, and it's interesting that a guy did that twice in his career. He put wrestling in the mainstream with, with Hulkamania in the eighties and then it faded away and he faded away and he came back, turned heel, became a bad guy and pushed wrestling right back into the mainstream again. So it, it was, boy, it shit took off. That's for sure. You don't gotta like the Hulkster, but you can't deny what he's. You done. can't deny what what my colleague just said. There. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, this is you know, and it was it was around this time. I got to give a personal shout out to my uncle Johnny because I think he was one of the fringe fans that at the time who had who had you know sort of fallen you know, falling away from the product and then, Oh, there's this big storyline, you know? And he had, I I remember at the time, um, he, he started, started sending me some tapes because I didn't have the, I didn't have the Turner Turner network. Right. And I was keeping up to speed with, you know, it was interesting. You didn't know what was going to happen. It added a whole new, it was a whole new element of surprise and intrigue to the product of wrestling and on the other channel what the federation was going to do to keep up with it because you knew they were going to do something you know this, Had to was, do something. this was arguably the best thing to happen to uh you know happened to wrestling right. it, ign- it ignited that you know that brief period of the monday night wars which everybody regards as just a wonderful time to be a wrestling fan and it was for sure it was, a, I mean, it was a crazy time to be a fan. It was a no era I think will ever compare to it because there was still surprises. And surprises is something that I think wrestling, I don't know if it needs it, but is very helpful. Like it's, it's that the unknown and the intrigue is something that we don't have as much now as we did back then so i think that's super helpful and i remember those uncle johnny tapes man that was we could we could sit back and pop an uncle johnny tape in for an afternoon that was always good and he was smart about it too smart about it recorded on extra long play so we could get like three episodes a night (laughs) and that was always funny too because like every now and again we get those tapes and we'd pop it in just to watch the wrestling and all of a sudden it would stop (laughs) i'm like uncle johnny (laughs) ELP baby Johnny ELP <laughs> Yeah, it was it was around this time when Nitro became a 2-hour show too. Yep. Um so they're really upping their game with their with their product here. And yeah, once again, shout out to Uncle Johnny and he, like you mentioned that that element of surprise is part of the uh you know, kind of part of the theater of professional wrestling that's an element that is very difficult to pull off these days it's almost um, non-existent you know it's one of the reasons we love wrestling is the different things it brings to the table there's nothing quite like it you know with the athleticism and the storytelling and uh um you know you feel it was a time where you felt like you had to tune in to see what happened it was appointment tv yeah it absolutely was 
So, yeah, this has been a wild ride. Uh, it'll probably be probably our longest show. Thanks for tuning in to uh, Year of Duke and Rogue podcast. So, uh, just went through the Bash of the Beach 96. I think our next show is it's Road Wild. Road Wild. Hog Wild. Road Wild. Gonna be wild, whatever it is. Well, I got a wild hog. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Hulk Hogan, you can go to hell. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for your uh, your responses on Twitter. Thanks for being part of the show. Super, super appreciated. Uh, I mean, all I got left to